Welcome to Conversations With. I am your host, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening today. Wherever you are listening, make sure to press that follow button so you never miss a future episode. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at conversationswith.jamie for behind-the-scenes pictures, clips, and exclusive content. And welcome to episode four of The Greatest Movie Ever. I am joined today with Aaron, Jared, and Kieran, and we are discussing our top 10 movies of the decade between 1980 and 1989. How it works, we'll take it in turns to show our top 10 movies of the decade, depending on where the film ranks on that list, it will get a point. First place gets 10 points, second place gets 9 points, third place gets 8 points, and so on. The highest scoring five movies will then move on to the playoffs and we'll decide which movie is the best film of the 1980s. The winning movie will then move on to the grand final where it will fight for the right to be named the greatest movie ever. So let's get into it and let's find out which movie is the greatest movie of the decade between 1980 and 1989. It's the 80s and Kieran... It's first this week, if I'm correct. Ooh, I'm first. Well, you did well. Honorable mentions. Um, got to start off. I had three. I had the Goonies, classic Karate Kid, and this one almost made it in, but it it just edged out. It was Grave of the Fireflies, but um, I know Aaron might be really happy with that one. Yeah, that's but, a, that's on my definitely. Yeah. But I did the right thing. And I chose, at number 10, Do the Right Thing. Um, Spike Lee's best film, in my opinion. Uh, better than Black Klansman. A lot of people think that's his best, but I don't know. It is, it is his best film. Isn't it? It's just, I think it was so well-crafted how you could get an ensemble of characters. And, like, it's one of the very first films I saw that I didn't feel like it had a main character. It was just really well paced. It was really well done. And like the ending of Act 3 was just amazing. And also the fact that it was really inspirational as a film as well because Spike Lee wrote, directed, and produced it kind of like and starred in it. He did like the top four, uh, top four roles for it. So I think you say budget in it, do it do it yourself. Exactly. (laughs) And the underlining messages in it, just the whole cast the and the whole acting feel it's so good sorry it's the pizza boy one yeah 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 i still need Remember, to watch it it's on my list i've got what's the one that like it's kind of like it but it's not like it is what, what spider-man 2 <laughs> <laughs> the, the dude from dumb and dumb is not in it is he that's all i can remember he's jeff daniels no, 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 he, no he's not uh, not one of the main two in dumb and dumb it's like he's Sam jackson's like in it and that the guy who's like they go to his house in Dumb and Dumber. That was getting. I, I, oh, I haven't seen Dumb and Dumber in like fifteen years. So like, we got no shit, food. We got no jobs. <laughs> Our pets had to fall in off. <laughs> and there we go. Our first off topic already. There you go. Back into the nineties. Yeah, but it's a great. It's got like <laughs> such a good like up and comers. Like it's one of the films like you can yes. just see them before they're famous. I love yeah. films like that. Like, there was a lot of characters in it. I forgot the name of the actor, but he was in Breaking Bad and stuff uh, like Esposito. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, but... <laughs> see, I knew that as well. It's well, not even what, him. Aaron? What's his name? The one He's Garrett? definitely not in Do the Right <laughs> Thing. He just seems kind of sort of like... 
But um, but yeah, absolutely incredible film. And I think that I think it just edged over Grave of the Fireflies because of how well the ensemble was approached and perceived on film and. Yeah, I think it did a fantastic job, so that's why it's kicking off the list, number 10. Awesome. So, usually we'd go to Niall, but Niall hasn't sent in his list yet, so it is Aaron. All right, okay. So, honourable mentions time. Um, so, we were speaking about Mad Max 2. Should have uh, completely forgot that was in the 80s. Uh, Top Gun almost made the list. What? Back to the Future. Almost made the list. Um, wow. Ferris Bueller almost made the list. What? <laughs> Why are you naming Jamie's top three films? <laughs> they would have made the list, but Jamie told me <laughs> certain films aren't in his list. <laughs> I chose um, the worst part to fucking drink. <laughs> um, big, uh, great Tom Hines, and uh, Labyrinth. Sorry, could, just can we go back to Big for a second? Yeah. How nonsense is that film when you look yeah. at it? Yeah, 100%. yeah, very, 100%. very, very nonsense. One hundred percent. It's like in in a decade where like you can go back in time and your mum falls in love with you, like that sort of film. Can oh, you talk about Back to the Future? Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Like yeah. anything, anything. Deservedly <laughs> out of the top ten. Yeah, um, it was acceptable, wasn't it? And the other <laughs> film they? I've got, I've got to put in here, like it's <laughs> awful, like it's a trash film, uh, Purple Rain. But like the soundtrack is like. Did you actually put it in? Put it in. No, I didn't. Oh, thank God. I was gonna say. It's just like I need to put it in there because I like I like the song. (laughs) No, no, the album is amazing. Front to back is amazing, but the the film just ain't right. You might as well Uh, put Moonwalker in then. (laughs) Cocktail. Uh, Now my number ten is. I actually uh, think Purple Rain was a film. My number ten is The Princess Bride. I. Wow, like I, I love this film. I, it's one of them films like I didn't actually watch this as a kid. I watched this as I like, only watched it last month for the month. Yeah, yeah it's literally because it's always on them lists, isn't it? Of like yeah, to watch. Um, yeah, it's it's one of them, and it, it it was either this or Labyrinth. Uh, but I think Princess Bride, like it's just like a perfect like fantasy story. It's weird, and it's got that perfect like eighties element of like it being weird. Um. Where, like, you just, like, we were saying, like, last week, that, like, you wouldn't get, like, a kid's film like that now. Like, no way. Um, and I love, like, the story behind it. The guy that wrote it, like, apparently he went on, like, lots of holidays and stuff. And um, his two daughters, he'd always write them a story. And apparently for this, like, he was like, oh, what should I write a story about? And he was like, one of the daughters was like, oh, write it about a princess. And the other one was like, oh, write about being a bride. And then he wrote The Princess Bride. And that's, like, a legit thing. Um, but this film, weirdly enough, made me watch Criminal Minds, just because like one of the guys is in it, which is nothing. Mandip thinking. No, that that that's Homeland. Is that, is so that the dude that's like, oh, my name is Indigo Montoya. You'll kill my yeah, father. Yeah. Prepare to die. He's like the main yeah. dude in Criminal Minds, and like. Yeah, it is Mandip thinking, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's in Homeland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's the dude. Um, I forgot that he was in Criminal Minds because he left after a few seasons, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Is it Carrie Underwood as well? Is it Carrie Underwood? That's Homeland. Carrie Underwood? Um, Claire Underwood, sorry, yeah. What? Are you talking what? about Claire Danes? Is that from House Claire of Cards? Claire, yeah, Claire, 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 Claire Danes, yeah. Claire yeah, I'm pretty, Underwood! I'm pretty sure her character is something like Carrie 
something in Homeland. It is. Her name's Carrie, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Princess Ride. Beat Top Gun. Make Beat Back sick. to the Future. Make top Gun's not even in like a top 50. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. The heat is on. Can we <laughs> the, not on the top ten list? Just one song. <laughs> <laughs> one song. Have you Is it Meg Ryan's to... first film? It, it could be up there, yeah. But uh, have you never listened to the soundtrack, Jared? One song. Yeah, one good song. Danger Zone. Take my breath away. Playing, playing with the boys. One good song. <laughs> Jared's so <laughs> adamant on you. <laughs> right, so we're on to me now. Uh, uh, going back off, like Princess Bride is one of my mentions as well because I watched it for the first time a few months ago and I loved it. Uh, what made me really want to watch it as well is because it's one of Kevin's favourite films in This Is Us, and that's what got him into acting. Because like, I need to watch it. I thought he was just going to bang out his piano and start playing it as well. I don't know it on piano. My other top five that just missed out on the top ten is The Breakfast Club. Yeah. I, I, could, I, could, I could only go for one John Hughes film. Nah, fuck you. And it was, the like, one. it was like, it was between that and another one, I was like, I can't not you have picked the, the wrong one. Airplane. Why you would, uh, yeah. Airplane. Is that any good? The best comedies really, of all time. Yeah, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. It's a great comedy. Leslie Nielsen. Which is the one with OJ in it? Oh, no, it's Police Academy, in it? Lethal... Listen, like, also, it's like, surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Really? And this man is very sick. He needs to be taken to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. It's just great. Right. sounds like awful, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that does not make me want to watch that. It's, it's, really, it's like a bad joke film. Yeah, it is, life. literally. It's awful. <laughs> it's that awful. It's amazing. But it's not like bad as in The Room. It is, like, literally amazing. But, like, that's the thing. With, like, I feel like Airplane is, like, on the list of, like, The Room as films that you can only watch with, like, a group of friends and I'm stuff pretty sure like that. Airplane has been voted on several lists as the greatest comedy of all time. <laughs> And right, you can quote me on that. I'm pretty sure if you type in greatest comedy of all time, airplanes up to the top. Right, let's test the theory. <laughs> test it. Everybody do it. Go on, Jared. Jared's always on Google. Type in greatest comedies of all time. I bet your airplane's on that top ten. Um, what are you going to say, Aaron, whilst they're searching? Airplane is number one. Thank you. Is that like IGN or Ron Smiles? Or? That, I just literally typed in greatest comedy films. Yeah, on Google, it's number one, yeah. One. Some Like It then, Hot is number two, though. Yeah, that would be a 50s no, film. No. That's what would be on there. Some Like It Hot is number three for me. Oh, uh, all right. We'll have, have a quick look at Empires, and then we'll... You, you continue Best talking you, all you, time. I'm telling you, it is amazing. No, it's a great film. <laughs> when I, I search do. Best Comedies of All Time, oh, the oh. second is one... Is that coming up with Manchester United? The second <laughs> one is Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Empire That's a really good film. Empire no, Game number five. Five, I told you, top ten on every list. Number one was Groundhog Day. Aaron said that. Nah. I'm telling you. The quest is on this one. If you check every list, it'll be in the top ten. Without a doubt. But it just misses out on my top ten. Yeah, I was going to say it's your own list. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Why are we talking about this film? Still haven't got to his Dempsey yet. Come on, let's just... Uh, The other ones that just missed out was Dead Poets Society. 
banger. Oh, I forgot about that. Good film. And one of the my favourite scenes ever. Again, I could only go for one Tom Cruise film, so it misses out. And that was Risky Business. Yeah. <laughs> Please do not say put cocktail in there. <laughs> oh yeah, I swear to God if you are. Um, so my number 10 is a film that my, not a lot of you have probably seen. Mine's a very niche list, I would say. I've done a Kieran from the 2010s I've never heard of. Nah, nah I was going to say, some of my films <laughs> no. are pretty niche. I, well. I reckon, like, I would say about four at most will be on everyone else's list. But number 10 is a game. Is a game? It is a film based on a game. It's Clue. Don't please. No. Clue it is Tim Curry and it is my first Christopher Lloyd movie on the list as well. I wonder what the other one could be. First. Yes. Um, Clue is amazing. If you've never watched it before, basically it's Cluedo. So you have somebody murdered and either one of the cast could be the killer. The one thing that I really love about the film as well without spoiling the ending. They're all murderers. Three endings to the film, and different cinemas showed each ending. Uh, but on the DVD or Blu ray that you can buy, it actually has all three endings back to back. But it's a great comedy movie. Like Tim Curry's amazing as the butler in but it. How do, they, how do they do those three endings? What do they just end and then it kind of like rewind? So, 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 we'll, get, so we'll get to one bit about Tim Curry will be like, I know what happened, and then it will show the ending from that point. And it was I bet, I, Tim Curry just stops and he's like, I suspect foul play. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But, um, no, like, it's a really fun film. I only watched it for the first time in university. Um, about three Imagine if you actually did that, it. though, nowadays. Like, you're watching Tenant and there's, like, three different endings, but you yeah. have to go see, like... Just one yeah. word. You watch it, you watch it Nowadays, game. people would be, like... You're, you're like, speaking to your company. mates, like, oh, my God, did you see that ending? Yeah, mate, where he died. I like, no, like, you didn't die, you died. Like, I feel like you should I be got the bad ending. <laughs> Didn't in, in the premiere of like watching Endgame, like vote for like the Avenger you want to die. <laughs> Which see the bad ending at the end. <laughs> but no, um, Clue is it's a very good watch if you've never watched it before. It's very very funny as well. Slapstick comedy. Jared, gonna... check it out, Jamie. I'll I'm gonna that. add it. Good. All right. Um, I had a lot of honourable mentions because I felt like the a few deserved it. But wait, wait. Can I just uh, but in like Clue has got thirty nine on Metacritic. So... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, to be fair though, it is fun. Like if you just have a just go and watch it. It's a fun film to watch. I'm not saying you know, it's a best film ever. Metacritic, Babe the Pig. Mm, sorry for the interruption. <laughs> babe the Pig. Babe the Pig. Just in case you don't. Babe know. the Pig. Just <laughs> Honourable mentions, Full Metal Jacket, Mad Max 2, The Shining, Akira, what a great Japanese film that is, uh, Grave of the Fireflies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Dead Poets Society, Rain Man. I don't know why Rain Man came into my head, but I watched Hangover and like, you, I did the piss take of it. Oh, we, talked about, we talked about it last week, didn't we? Yeah, good film that. Um, but my wildcat that I really wanted to put in, but I haven't, is Gremlins. I absolutely love Gremlins. <laughs> Gremlins is Best sick. Christmas film ever made. Yeah. Maybe Home Alone might be better, but Gremlins. No, Gremlins uh, But lower. number 10, I've gone for Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Decent pick. 
I hope Last Crusade. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, you put Last Crusade. <laughs> if there's not another Indiana Jones film on that but list. That film is quite great, though. I, it, it's, it, I, it is I think it's the film. best Indiana Jones film, I think. I'll look at Aaron's face. I can see why you would say it's the best one, but like, I think 4, obviously, we don't talk about that. Even though I did like 4. Shut the <laughs> <laughs> But uh, 2 kind of went off on a bit of a tangent from the first film, and then yeah, 3 just got him back. It. It's like Sean Connery's in it. And it's just so like he just does everything right. Like he sees Hitler in it, and it's just like <laughs> signs the book. It, it's almost <laughs> like Forrest Gump in a way. Like it's just like it's a flashback through time, and you just like it's Hitler, and it's like you know what I mean. Like all them, I love them things. Sure, just, like, everything right. Real life Hitler. things in films, and you're like, yeah, you did the right thing. <laughs> yeah, and like but the, they got the fight scenes right in that. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, the quote where he's, like, dying. I know there's something with an eye that you, you keep, keep saying. Oh, there's uh, the bit at the end where it's, like, um, he has to walk the leap of faith and all that. That is so, yeah. like, on point. Yeah. Like, there's another film that is on my list that you can tell, like, he's just... He is the Mr. 80s Steven Spielberg. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, so again, we'll probably shout out Niles when he eventually sends his list. If he does, what would happen if he doesn't send it? Ooh. Okay. So, That's cancelled. He's not allowed. He's not allowed back. Null and void list of the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're making a full circle back round to Aaron. No, Karen. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say because on uh, your on my screen it goes Aaron, Karen, Jared. So it's it, 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 uh, right. yeah, yeah. three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my number nine. <clears throat> I feel like it's gonna be on somebody else's list soon, but my number nine is Aliens. Uh, I think it's like has to be on there. I think it's just not only is the action amazing in it, um, one of my favorite female protagonists, and I feel like it's one of the most defining as well. Like it wasn't like. You could, it was almost like I think was it originally written as a dude, yeah. wasn't? Yeah, but I think it was portrayed so well by Sigourney. We I think it's her best performance without a doubt in Alien and Aliens. But Alien is yeah, it's so weird how, she's, how differ, different she is like as a person in number two. But that's what mm. I really like. I love the first act of Alien so much. Like all the other acts are great, but like the first act, like when she's like wakes up and she's kind of rebuilding and she kind of comes back to reality it's just it's so good and i think it's very underrated that part of the film um but aliens is just yeah i love it so much and i feel like it's one of those films that everyone has seen kind of thing like there's some classics that nobody has really like seen but aliens just keep popping up in everyone's head even if they don't remember it that much so yeah amazing film great film I uh, I watched it for the first time like two weeks ago. Um, I loved the original, and I was just so surprised like about James Cameron isn't it the second one? Like imagine going from Ridley Scott and James Cameron like doing the same franchise like that's insane. Yeah. And um, it was just um, I loved the dude that's in Whiplash. I don't know his name. J.K. Simmons. No, no, no. The these he's like the dad in Whiplash. Oh, I know what you mean. He's but yeah. he's like the bad guy in Aliens. Yeah. I really liked his character, but I hated 
hated so much Bill Paxton. And I was watching it. I was really? Like, I can't rate this one because he put me off so much. Really? Like, so you can bad. see, like, so much of um, Avatar in Aliens 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, just aliens, aliens too, just aliens. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. Kevin was sitting inside like <laughs> uh, I didn't want yeah. to like I just didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to be that pedantic prick, but I understand, yeah. When I was watching not, it, I was I was thinking like because um, because obviously like I've heard so many good things about it. Like you everyone's like, Oh, you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it. And then all the way through I was like, Oh yeah, it's pretty good, but it's not like it's not as good as what people have said, but then I watched like the last twenty minutes and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like, it's probably on a game over, man. And like, game over, man. Game over, game over, man. game over, man. But I think like well, the thing is with the there's so many films in the eighties that are like hold up by today's standards so well. Like oh, yeah. cinematography wise, like CGI wise, and Aliens is that film like. I watched the 4K digitally remastered kind of um, copy, and it wasn't even just the 4K part, but, <laughs> but it just looked so modern, if you know what I mean. It looked like a 2011 film, and like or like a 2010 film. So like, I think to give, I, I really want to give it props to that, to how well it was just crafted and how much it still appeals to modern times. As stuff like that, so yeah, Aliens is just absolutely incredible. That's the best thing about the first. Like, I think like both of like one and two, definitely, and uh, and another Ridley Scott film, um, like when another you compare one. them to other like um, sci-fi's of that sort of time, like what's that um Sylvester Stallone one with like Sandra Bullock in it? Rocky. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Literally. Uh, it? So uh, Dem- Demolition Man. Like when you watch oh, some things nice, like that, yeah. it's just so trash. Like, like yeah. watching that is just like it's so embarrassing. I, I even feel like that with Back to the Future too. Like it's just Oof. so dated. Like, <laughs> I yeah, think like, the number two, you are right though. It just it's like three holds up, but two really doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But when you watch Aliens, it's like, like you said, like, it could actually, like, be made recently. <laughs> Jamie looks so angry. Like, like, oh, what's this? Where's it? Where it's like, Jaws 98. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine making you know? a film. That's not just like Jaws the, the that, that is basically Avengers. That's basically Avengers. That was just talking about how much cinema has actually just comprised on so much of sequels and franchises. Yeah. It didn't have to be Jaws. It was just because that was by Spielberg at the time. That was a Isn't nod to Spielberg. That, um... And it was directed by his son, Max Spielberg. The, f- the film is like literally the first prequel. Wait, it's so like not directed by Steven? No, they're not directed. It just presents. It's Rob Zemeckis. Oh, all right. Sorry. Yeah, same with like another film that I'll have later. It's not a George Lucas movie, but you know, he presents it. Oh, one film that I forgot to mention in my 90s was Contact. But, like, I know it's a different decade, but because Robert Zemeckis and stuff like that. Wait, uh, the McConaughey one? Yeah, I love that weird? film. I always find that film, isn't it weird how, like, it's sort of like Interstellar? Yeah, that's what I was it's saying. It's mad, weird, isn't it? That. Um, I remember watching it, and like, because it's, uh, what's the name, innit? Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Oh, Jodie yeah, Foster. I don't, Jody yeah, Foster, yeah. It is a really good film, Contact, though. 
Oh yeah, I love it. I think it's drastically underrated. I know it's a different decade, but I just forgot to mention it um, last week, so I think I'm it <laughs> <right> now. <laughs> but we move on to Aaron. Um, it wouldn't be a list without a Ghibli film. <laughs> I mean, it would be because in the sixties there isn't one. <laughs> That's where you run out. <laughs> Niall's going to be like replace me in those ones because I want not today. <laughs> uh, I've not actually gone for Grave of the Fireflies. I've gone for Totoro. Oh. Yeah, uh, I thought you would. Just mm. because, like, it's just like when I have kids, like, if I have kids and that, I just like that would be like the film that I show them first, like that and like. Like your Toy Story, but it's just yeah, because Fireflies is like deep as like that is like <laughs> yeah, traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, if, if you showed them that or like Spirit Away, like they'd, they'd literally be scarred for life. But like Totoro <laughs> is like the perfect kids' uh, story. It is. It's just such a happy film. It like I watch it so so many times, and like it just makes me feel like dead happy, and like makes me feel like a kid again every time I watch it. And it's the story's so simple, but there's a lot of heart to it as well. Um, especially with like the whole story with like the mum, but um, no, I really like it. Uh, but the theory behind it, it, it's really dark as usual for the Ghibli films. Mm. That's one thing I really like about them is that they have like such a dark, depressing undertone to it, but it's presented so beautifully with the animation. And I have a, like he did he did that really well. And it's something that like a lot of filmmakers try to resemble in a way, not simply in animation, but in other things. But mm. yeah, I think I think he was a master at that technique, especially, which is why I really like a lot of his films. Yeah. Number nine for myself. So with this one, it was one of those films where I didn't enjoy it the first time around. I thought it was okay, nothing special. And then all of a sudden, wow! And uh, uh, you keep going. I'll spoil Tenant for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> but only doing backwards, please. Like invert the. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I watched this film. I thought it was okay. Nothing special from the eighties. And then YouTube brought out oh, Cobra no. Kai. <laughs> oh. Cobra Kai is one of the greatest TV shows you'll ever watch ever. Uh, it is phenomenal. Well, that Cobra is a fact based right on there. the Jaden Sancho one. Not Jaden Sancho. The Jaden Sancho! <laughs> <laughs> Jaden Sancho, like, has been on my mind non stop. <laughs> Jaden Sancho when he was a kid in Karate Kid. <laughs> Jaden Sancho! Jaden Sancho is Listen, the Karate Kid. When Jaden Smith signs for United. <laughs> oh my god. That is Karate so Kid. kid. Karate Kid. <laughs> Jaden Sancho, <laughs> no, Jaden Jaden Sancho, Sancho and his dad Will and Black. <laughs> Will and Black, Will and Sancho Black. Oh, uh, wow, but um, no, the Jaden Smith one is out of canon. It's not a proper film. That one. I mean, that's not even about karate anyway. That film. Karate. Karate. It's karate. That's how it's pronounced. What is that film about? Like a boy. A bush? What? A bu- what? A bush? No, a bonsai like tree. Third Karate Kid film, he's just carrying a bush the whole film. It's a bonsai it? tree. It's a bonsai it's a tree. Bush. <laughs> Not a bush, it's a bonsai. Well, no. In the third film, like, he's just playing for Dortmund, like, ripping it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow. I've totally forgot about the the second and third Karate Kid. I have like, wasn't the fourth one with a woman or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, the next Karate Kid is with Hilary Swank. Yeah, Swank. I totally forget about them. Sure. Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. But um, that, that's canon. That's been confirmed to be in canon with the Cobra Kai series. Um, but Cobra Kai made me love Karate Kid even more. If you ever watched it, the nostalgia for the actual films and music, the characters, they even get his mum, like all the original characters to come back for the series as well. His mum's played by the same actress. They get all the boys from Cobra Kai, Johnny's gang, to come in for an episode as well. Um, even put him in a body bag, yeah! <laughs> I know we're goofy on it, but I actually was thinking it probably deserves an honourable mention because it is such a good film, like the 80s. And obviously the people in the podcast can't see, but there they are. It I is. Daniel and Johnny. There's like really so much shit it. in the back of Jamie's camera. <laughs> it's unreal. I've got, I've got little stuff just ready for you, just so you can... Oh yeah, there he is. So, I can see him. I there can they see are. him. Uh, like literally, Cobra Kai is one of the best series I've ever watched. It might even top This Is Us. Like, it is incredible. Really? Like, wow. I've, I've watched it three times. Uh, it's on Netflix. You need to watch it. It's amazing. And Johnny was the good guy all along. Johnny is the real cry kid. Some immigrant comes in, beats up the All American, and instills his title. Danny's the dick. Johnny is the karate kid. And I mean, I do actually want to see Cobra Kai. It does look good. Like, it is incredible. Yeah, it. same. What, it where is it on? Is it on Netflix Prime? now? Is it on Netflix? It went on Netflix last Friday. Yeah, that's Friday. why I just mentioned it. I might put it up. Yeah, I, I, watched it, I watched it when it was on YouTube Red and all that, like a small following. Uh, but it's just incredible. There's 10 episodes, 25 minutes, 35 minutes tops each episode. You can finish series one in five hours. Yeah, I'd definitely give it a watch without but a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love definitely. it. Like, Season one got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Season two got 95. So if you don't trust me, trust Rotten Tomatoes. Kieran. But who, who, who the fuck <laughs> trusts Rotten Tomatoes? It's got very, very good reviews as well. So, like I said, Karate Kid was good, but Cobra Kai made me love it even more. Yeah, but that's Do the you thing. Need to you watch can it, like... Do you need to watch Karate Kid? Watch it, flashes, it flashes back to a lot of it. So there'll be clips of Karate Kid and there is little bits in there for the fans of the films. Like you'll have the music played from the first film, like the score, and there'll be memories, like little bits that if you've watched the Karate Kid, you'll appreciate because it's mm. it's for oh, you as fans. That's a quality film, you know. Oh, geez. I'm just looking at your background. Yeah, it's on there for a reason. <laughs> but it might come up next, who knows? Gerard. Gerard. The Number whole master 3000. Number nine. On he does that list. every time. <laughs> What? Number nine. <laughs> when, I, when I listen to the podcast, all I hear is I go, number nine. <laughs> because I love that like me. Uh, n- number nine. <laughs> Raging Bull. Oh, he's probably, Scott says, his most artistically, I'd say, best film he's done. Like, it might not be his most, like, upbeat film, but sometimes, like, I know it sounds a bit like stupid to say it but like you can get bored with a black and white film unless it like grips you and you just see this dude is like a great boxer and he just like is declining into like normal and like a normal life of just well I'm like you know what I mean I love that normal life is a decline well it is because like you know what I mean like it'd be like Mike Tyson losing all his money and all his fame and oh, he's becoming yeah. like a stand up comedian <laughs> yeah but he Oh, you got yeah, a tiger. Wow, wow, right. Raging Bull is Mike Tyson. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like in the Mike 30s, Tyson. isn't it? You didn't really make that much money from boxing. Well, to be fair, speaking of that, though, they are doing a Mike Tyson movie, aren't they? It's Jamie Foxx. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not seen. Have you seen the like, have you seen look at the picture? Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Type in Jamie Foxx. Good. Like, yeah. He looks incredible. Jamie, it looks like it must have already been done, though, because um, I watched an interview with him in, uh, for that power. Not that I'm not going to watch Power, but he did it with uh, him and Joseph Lovett did like this, this video on YouTube, and he yeah. looks nothing like the Tyson one. So he must have already been filmed. Yeah, probably, because you've seen all the pictures of it. Oh, he does. Holy wow. shit, he trained. It really does look <laughs> good, that. I mean, if you look at the picture of me, he actually does look like Tyson in the face. But let's be honest, what has Mike Tyson... Mike Tyson? <laughs> Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson got on, like, Muhammad Ali. Nothing. Mike Tyson appeared at WrestleMania 14 as a special guest referee. And I remember then, that. I remember when Donald Trump was in WrestleMania yob. 23. He's <laughs> a yob with a strong punch. Mike Tyson, right, is literally the definition of a tiger. <laughs> Think of someone, like, he's a literal tiger. Like, he's just raw power. No, no I get what you mean. There's only one man with tigers. likes tigers. Everyone likes the Panthers. There's only yeah. one man with tiger blood, and nobody likes the Panthers. But yeah, Rage and Bull, what a good film. <laughs> probably best boxing film? No, 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 I was going to say this. It's probably the third best boxing film. What's better? Don't say Rocky, because Rocky is so... To be fair, I prefer Creed to Rocky. Anyway. Yeah, I do. I don't. I prefer Rocky. The only, only film I had that... Or the fight? Nah, maybe the fight is the only one. That oh could no, be. Warrior, Warrior, Warrior. Well, Warrior's, Warriors MMA. Is that, yeah. is that the fake Logan, Logan Marshall Green? Oh, is it Tom Hardy? Fake yeah. Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Tom Hardy. It's not Logan Marshall yeah. Green. Tom <laughs> it's the fake. Oh, Logan is that the guy Marshall from Upgrade? Is that the guy oh, from Oh, you about the one that yeah that you think is the fighter, but it's not. I know though. <laughs> Anyone yeah. seen Never Back Down? What yes. Film that is? Uh, <laughs> Whoa, like that was the best uh, boxing film from the, the two thousands. Was that two thousand and eight? Well, no, you're all wrong because it's and Bull. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going on to Kieran. Is that right? Oh yes. fuck! Is back to me already? I don't Jeez. even know anymore. I've lost count. Feeling for it. Might as well do the seventies one on this one now. Uh, I've yeah. even put mine down. Yeah, I have. Maybe. Um. Oh, eight. Jamie is going to really like my number eight pick. It yeah. is probably, there's another, oh, mm, well, it's not a horror film, number three, so like, but it's like, but number eight is probably my favorite, if not the, my best introduction to the horror genre of all time. It is A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> probably, honestly, I lost fucking sleep watching that film. What? Is that the one where she's like, fuck me? <laughs> Wait, what? That's oh, exorcist. sorry, yeah. I... Fuck me! Fuck me! Yeah, that one. <laughs> no, but like, that Red Elm Street is like, to have the impact that it has. But I, honestly, I love that film. Probably one of my favourite villain, like, horror villains. I used to prefer Jason Voorhees, but Freddy Krueger is just one. It's just so sick and so violent. Like, I love like kind of like. Well, I don't love the backstory, but like, <laughs> it just. What? You mean this backstory? <laughs> Fucking hell! 
from Harry Potter. No, definitely not. Black. Yeah, it looked like the series. Got the newspaper from the Nightmare on Elm Street. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Of course, I do. Johnny Depp's best performance. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, it's my Johnny Depp's best performance. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. To be fair, Johnny Depp was literally one set in the womb. Johnny Depp was like, "Where's the rum?" Like he literally was born. Like for Captain Jack Sparrow, like he's born for the role. You can't just say that like his best performance is like. No, I'm Jack kidding. Sparrow. I was kidding. I was kidding. Jack Sparrow, but I love it when he's like, "Do where's the rum? Where's the rum?" I've never not... seen Nightmare on Elm Street. <gasps> really? I've not seen. Just mentioned Johnny Depp. I was like, "What?" Yeah, so basically, that scene was the one that gave me nightmares. Like, that scene with Johnny Depp. um, Slight spoiler. No, I'm not even going to spoil it. You need to watch it. But that that scene... No, no, because... Yeah, but he hasn't seen it, so I don't want to ruin it. But that scene is the one that gave me nightmares. That was the one that always got in my head, like, oh, shit, I'm not going to sleep because that could happen. No, one of the scenes that gave me nightmares was when um, it was like a puppet master, yeah. and it like the it looked like the veins. Oh, that's it, yeah, in, in number four, yeah, 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 yeah. But even still, like you know that, like, but Nightmare on Elm Street is like what a premise for a horror film. Like you cannot like a, a villain or monster that can only kill you whilst you're sleeping, and will kill you when you're sleeping. So like it's just. Is it like it's... Edward Scissorhands, but scary? <laughs> Edward Scissorhands um... is scary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh, that God. first time when, when that woman goes into the house looking around and he's in the corner like, like that, I shit myself when I saw that, not going to lie. But uh, I, I love all the sequels to him as well. I mean, number two is probably the worst one out of all of them. Then it got back to form in number three with um, yeah. the Dream Masters. And then, like I said, the Dream Child and... Um, Amy, which one's better at this or Halloween though? Because I've, I've I've seen Halloween. Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. by far. Nightmare on Elm Street is better. I mean, Halloween is really really good, but I think that it that's more of a stalker film. They class that as the first slasher movie, but um, I think that's more of a stalker film because Dude, it's not really a lot until I've never seen any like proper horror film. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. Nightmare on Elm Street is just like you re- it's just i just love adore the premise because it's so inherently inherently horror and when you like watch like after you've watched it and you go to bed you're not scared but you're like holy shit i need to you check the put- bed just before i go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> no just you can put your mind into the like other mind of the characters and you can be like i understand why this is so hard try staying awake and if you fall asleep you die like you know if you don't fall asleep. Like, that's scarier than the actual fucking villain. Like, I couldn't do that. It's well, so... I mean, the song as well with the little girls. Oh, I want. Freddy's coming for you. We forbear. Are you doing it? Five, six, grab your Seven, seven eight, you better stay away. Play. Honestly, Aaron, Jared, watch Nightmare on Helm Street. It's Wes Craven, he's the master of horror, and it's his second best film behind screen, obviously. 
But right. if you're talking about true horror, like Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean, the first one is pure horror. Then, like yeah. any 80s slasher movies, they go into pure parody and they get a yeah. bit more comedy and more comedic characters. I'm yeah. not, I'm not the first one is amazing. Like Halloween, so I might try it. Try I that. might give it a go. Now you said Johnny Depp's in it. Yeah. Like, because I hate you know when they like they try and make it like almost funny horror films. Yeah, that's what they yeah. do later like, on, like yeah. about like, number three. That was like, like the thing in that. Yeah, I hear you. That's mean. a horror there's film to me. There's only one scene in Nightmare on Elm Street which I found more ridiculous than horror, and that was when it was like during the first act of when Freddy Krueger was like <laughs> running down the street, <laughs> like yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But like honestly, like the actual story itself and the backstory is really disturbing too. So maybe. like But it's Johnny Depp's first role as well and he plays Maybe we should do like, the best, like He should try and get like the best horror of that genre then. That 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 gen uh, that like era like 'cause I I mean it's not like a scary horror, but like, I couldn't see anything beating like Halloween's like nowhere like near the le- level of like Alien for me. That's yeah. how I see it as well. Like, Alien is way scary. Yeah. I like, think like... And it, Alien's it... like, it's not like these... <coughs> I, I don't know, like, I don't want to call them like... They're just a bit cheesy, the horror films. Like, yeah, I totally They don't get like nominated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so especially from the 80s as well, when they just started releasing so many different films as well, like sequels, they started going into parody, which is why Scream mm. is so iconic, because yeah. you had all yeah. of these crappy parody films, and then actually mm. brought it back and like deconstructed it all perfectly. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm quite happy with that one, Kieran. No I'm sure we'll talk about it again at some point. Definitely, definitely. I hope it's on your <laughs> <laughs> um, But this is the one that you briefly... It's back to Aaron now, isn't it? Sorry. Uh, yeah, so we up to eight. Uh, so this film, right, um, someone that worked with me and Jamie at HMV got this film, and I was like, what is that? That looks embarrassing. Like, I, I remember just, like, ripping into her, being like, what is that? Like, who would buy that? It's just so, like, obscure. And then, like, I randomly watched the film, and then I was just like blown away. And I hate to use like terms like films that like change life, but this literally like it literally blew my mind. Like this watching this film, it, I can never pronounce it, but it's Koyanakotsi. Um, and it's just has anyone seen that film? Is that what it's actually called? Yeah, yeah. What's, so, how do you spell it? So K O Y A A N I S. Q-A-T-S-I. Oh, I think I, yeah. Like, I, it was one of Christopher Nolan's, like, favourite films. It's amazing. So, Is it like no Samsara st- kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. Exactly yeah. So, um, there's no, like, story in this film. There's no dialogue in this film. But, like, when I was younger, um, I played piano for a while. And then, like, I just got bored of it. Uh, when I was a kid, and then I moved on to like guitar and whatever, and then listen to this because it's Philip Glass that does like the soundtrack for it, and I was like, oh my god, like I need to get back in piano again. It's just, and it literally, it like literally moved me so much watching it. But it's so hard to explain to someone who's not seen it why it's good. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I, I, 
I know I had the exact same experience with like Samsara and Baraka, I think the award called, but yeah, like just watching it because obviously, like if you try and explain it, it yeah. doesn't sound that appealing or like it doesn't yeah, exactly, really yeah. grab your attention. But the images are just stunning. I know. And you just get so drawn in. This How is it spelled up... again? Just to... it's it's like K O Y A A N I S. Oh, Kleana Klotzinger. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I watched I've never heard of this. And then, like, I ended up after the trailer. I was like, I just, I, I think you can like just watch it on YouTube. Um, and it, it's, it's weird because you can sort of like make a story from like what it shows you. And that's why I thought. Yeah. Like, Does nothing happen, and it's just like. A... It just starts off like showing like desert shots, um, like going through like a desert, and then like by the end of the film, like you're in like I think it's Tokyo. You're going through. Um. And then there's like the space shuttle at the end. There is like a second film to it that they did like in like the early 2000s, but I've, I've only seen like partially seen that film. Um, it sounds so different to any film I've heard of. Oh, I know it, it, is, it is. And I remember like ripping someone for like, having this film. I was like, what is that? And she was telling me about it. And I was like, it just sounds like, it's, how is it even a film when it's just literally like... like even the description looks boring, but it's got 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Yeah, it is really good. No, it's really good. And it's one of them like where like you put it on and then you just like your eyes are just glued to the screen just watching it. Like it's like the most in like well not enthralling, like the most beautiful, eye catching, gorgeous film portrayal of like the wow. desktop screensaver or something like that where it rotates in different images <laughs> of like random shit. I had I had the same experience watching uh, a film that I mentioned like but it wasn't a list that Enter the Void. Um, I'd definitely recommend watching that film as well. Yeah. Like, not seeing that. That film's insane. That, I, like, I've always wanted to watch films like that more, but I feel like you oh, really have to, like, Oh, that's the film I was, like, it. looking for, Enter the Void. Thank you. Mate, Enter the Void, like, I found Enter the Void because, like, when I was younger, I used to like Ace at Rocky. And one of these videos... <laughs> Um, and I was like, oh, that video was actually sick. And then, like, it's actually from the film. And yeah. Then, so it's just, like, I was um, looking for it because I think it's uh, All of the Lights. Yeah, like, that's what West, it is. The end all is of the lights. lights. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's just literally a guy, like, he takes heroin at, like, the pretty much start of the movie. And then, like, you're just, like, in his, like, view of, like, going around at the streets. And, like, he goes in this, like, light shop. And it's like, I don't know how they filmed it. I have no idea how they got like the effects. Unfortunately, you've given me too many films to watch. Good. <laughs> that was good. But it's weird though as well. What I'll just lastly say on them is like they're like not my sort of films at all. Like those films. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess like you just got to respect it, innit? But um, I'll move on to my number eight. We briefly spoke about it uh, on the last turn. It is one of my one of the three films that are on my list that have been turned into musicals that I've gone to see live. And it is Michael Keaton's best film. It's Beetlejuice. Uh, it, uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is like the... Weird, I, know, I can't say weird it. Film. Beetlejuice is the only good tip. I can't. <laughs> there we go. The <laughs> only good one. I Come on, him, the claymation ones are good. Um, I actually met no, him I... quite a few times. 
and like I, I've always ne- never liked it. When I used to work in oh. Deep Blue, he used to come in and stay at like the Deep mm-hmm. Blue. Yeah, so, yeah like uh, I'm not a massive Tim Burton fan either, um, but I love Beetlejuice. Like, yeah, Beetlejuice is amazing. The soundtrack to it is amazing as well. The musical's really, really good as well, but you can't beat Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice. I feel like Keaton Alex just Baldwin, like, jump, jumps in roles. I mean, they're supposed to be doing number two eventually, whenever that's going to actually come out. But it's actually going to be one of the films that's also got somebody else that's in it that's also going to be on my list later on as well. So... Um, but no, like, the film is very, very good. Beetlejuice, like I said, dark humor. Just, it's just funny. It's great, and this handbook is for the recently deceased. There is, um, that's cool. That there is, like, oh, there is a lot of sure. like, there's a lot of actors in that film that like, I didn't realize that they're in it. Because I can only picture like Michael Keaton because his performance is so good in it. Yeah, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis play the husband and wife, and then Winona Ryder plays the child. And Winona Ryder, that's what I was thinking of. But I didn't want to say it because she's in Edward Scissorhands, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong film. And then um, the mum from Home Alone's in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Still a very odd film. It's still, I love it. It's, it's one of the films like it won't get, it, like, I like I keep saying, like, it would not get. It's made. true, though. It wouldn't work today. No. Like, it. I don't know, like, uh, I suppose, like, his movies go or golden age of movies, the 80s. Yeah, but Beetlejuice is my number eight. Gerard. Gerard. We are number eight now. I have given yeah. number eight to Scarface. Okay. Say hello to my number eight. Yeah, hello, <laughs> my <laughs> I think, like, when you think of Scarface, a lot of people just think of the initial, like, oh, like, say hello, like, all that stuff, and, like, you know, the cocaine bit. But the bit that I really like is the start where he's nothing. He's just, like, come to the country. Like, he's the epitome of the American dream. And he's coming, and he's, like, (laughs) an immigrant. They treat him like an immigrant. Then he has to do some, like, crimes and that. And, like, you know, like, it just, like, I think I played Vice City first, like, the video game, and you can just see how that felt, that, that game is Scarface. Yeah. yeah. Well, they and were massive yeah. fans of it, weren't they? Like, it was, like, their favourite film. Like, the original creators of GTA, like, Scarface yeah. was, like, their film. Like, oh, absolutely, it, so. because it is, like, it's just a perfect film of building yourself up from nothing to something. Mm. Like, screwing people up, like, I feel like probably Goodfellas and that got inspired from that film in the way it does certain things. Yeah, definitely. I love those films that like, like you see like a portrayal of someone and like they start from nothing and get somewhere, but then like Scarface and Goodfellas, they just take it to another level where you almost feel sorry for the cam- uh, for the characters in the end. Especially yeah, like exactly. Yeah, well. like he's got all the money, he's got everything he wants, but he yeah, you're like shouting at the screen like. Don't do it. Like, what are you doing? Like, you've you've got everything. Like, why do you need more? But is it? It's the it's them characters that want more. Yeah, yeah. I don't on the line of Scarface as well. I I don't know if it's going to be on anyone's list. I don't I don't think it will be. But The Untouchables is like probably one oh of the most underrated God. gangster films. So good. Yeah. So it, good. The I, I thought that was nineties for some reason though. Nah, it was eighties. I think. Oh, yeah. Right. Is it? It should be. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it is. Yes. 
but think like, it would have just got in there if it was what it was 1990. Is it 99? I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty sure when I typed in 90s films, it was there. Uh, no, it's uh, 1987. Oh, right, fair enough. Fair enough. I but, probably um, saw it when I was going through my 80s list last week. That's what <laughs> but yeah, such an underrated gangster film. But yeah, Scarface is just legendary. Love it. Just one of them. Okay. The uh, montage scene is good in it as well. <laughs> yeah. we, are, we are back round to Kieran. Still Number not dialed yet. So. Oh, fuck no. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Number seven. Uh, in my opinion, Stanley Kubrick's best film <clears throat> it is Full Metal Jacket. Um, well. I love that film. Again, uh, I keep bringing up first acts, but the whole first act of Full Metal Jacket just made the film. Like, like you know, the ending and everything like that is so good. But yeah, I just couldn't believe like how well they portrayed someone that menacing and that cold-hearted in the way that it did. In a way that we do, we did kind of empathise with him. And the whole kind of themes of, you know, insanity and kind of like, this is war. It's just really brutally told in a kind of macho way. Like, I remember there was one scene in Full Metal Jacket when they were shooting up a building and they literally just, like, hold the trigger of the gun and just fire like all of them they're not even taking single shots which is what you're meant to do apparently but but i just think the way uh the story is told in such a cool scene like uh when um <clears throat> it just makes it well it doesn't make the film but it's like it just shows how good the film is when um clown uh no joker sorry uh first meets like his whole battalion and like he has like a confrontation with the bigger guy it's like, can, well, you could talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And it's, like, so good. So um, I think it's just so fundamentally 80s. And I do think it's Stanley Kubrick's best film, in my opinion, uh, for what it captures and how it paces itself. There are a lot of films, in there, around that time that all kind of have the same, like, topics. and Yeah. But to and, me, that one's the one that stands out. And Ali Ermi as well, like... Even his story getting into uh, the casting of that film is quite phenomenal. So um, I think that Full Metal Jacket is just such an incredible film. In terms of war movies, I think it's probably, it's definitely in the top 10. I don't think it's one of the best war movies, but I do think it's like, it should be in like the top 10 or top 5 of anyone's list. Okay. So yeah. So Aaron... Seventh place. Well, I actually forgot that was an 80s film. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's an 80s film. I just no. don't care for it. I was thinking before, I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't find anyone as funny as I find like Bill Murray. I feel like. You could put Bill Murray in any role ever. He is a unique type of funny. I think Bill Murray is such a overrated. Like, I don't find him funny. Oh, he's such a good actor, isn't he? Mate, how can you say that? I don't find him funny. You can't say that from roles from Lost in Translation. Yeah, but it's like me saying I don't like Jim Carrey as an actor. (laughs) I don't find him funny whatsoever. That's just me, though. I just, Um, he's just not my kind of comedy. 
Not what, even in uh, Wes Anderson, like more Tenenbaums or... He's, 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 he's a lot like that Jeff Goldblum funny, where like you don't know I love why Jeff. he's funny, he's just so funny. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is like... <laughs> also, quick side note, Jamie, have you seen the video of uh, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum today? No. Like they're playing jazz together and they're just oh, singing like this weird song. You need to ask them that. I love so Jeff Goldblum though. Like yeah. his TV show on Disney Plus, just like the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. He's walking around going, mm, tattoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want some of that. Ghostbusters though, like the whole, like I've always loved Ghostbusters and it's one of them where like I always go back to. Um, but um, watch it. There was that thing on Netflix. Uh, about 80s movies and uh, one of them were um, was about Ghostbusters and it's just like hearing Dan Aykroyd like write this it was like a struggle for him like because he had Eddie Murphy for like the first like two years of production gonna be the main character and then oh, really people, people kept pulling out and then like because he was on Saturday Night Live with Bill Murray he literally just said like I think Eddie's gonna pull out because he's doing like I think Eddie Eddie Murphy was doing Another four, yeah, yeah, I was also, or a big movie at the time of Ghostbusters. Oh, shooting. were they in like um? It, it was one of the coming big, to America. Something. Yeah, it, it was one one of his big movies. He was he already agreed to do that at the same time as Ghostbusters. So Dan Aykroyd literally pulled like his friends in like Sigourney Weaver and uh, with um, Bill Murray. He literally just said to him like, "Can you just do this film?" And then like laughing, he didn't even turn up Bill Murray like the first day of shooting and at the end of the day just like out of nowhere just turns up it's just an amazing story and the fact that like he wrote it because his parents are ghost hunters like it's such a weird fact as well like Dan Aykroyd why are they making another one but like a weird one I know people I think should touch like, it. people like the idea of this new one but I, I I'm okay with the first two like I just um I don't need anything more than the first two no, you don't. Uh, no. The, the next one could be all right, but it's just, it's, it's, it's another, it's like in movies now, just using like an old, uh, an old name and then like just to get money, get people. Yeah, like they could make it without putting the name there, but they would rather just put the name there. Yeah. Like get, it's not, there's going to be nothing to do with Ghostbusters. They'll have like little hints of it, like sprinkles. It, yeah, it literally it's looks like Stranger Things the movie. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's that Stranger Things kid who's in everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally going to be that kid, like Nicole McCorkin. Like he's not making it past 20. Like, <laughs> yeah. like his film career. You mean ah! an acting career? It's not like. Life. <laughs> well, even, no, I mean, it, it could die as well, but who knows? It depends. Well, nah, we'll like, find out. You just like, gonna, listen... like stay like that. I don't know. Probably Hot gonna take. die with something cracking his nose surrounded Hot by holes. Take. Which Stranger Things character will, will not make it past twenty five? <laughs> place your bets. Place your bets. Bobby Billy, Bobby Millie, Bobby Round. Sixteen. Bobby eight. Millie. What Drake's Bobby, girlfriend? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Millie. Who like wants three Brown. names anyway? Helena Bonacar. Right? <laughs> At least got that the right way around, though. Have you seen Akon's full name? Yeah, no, we're not going yeah. on that. It now. is mad. <laughs> we're not going on that. Is alive. <laughs> I, I hope when you're talking about Bill Murray turning up at the Ghostbusters, he just turned up going da 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 da. da. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd love to. Bill Murray would be that ultimate, like you know when like you say like, oh, you have like a, a dinner date with someone. Like I'd love to just like have a comp. Him and like Lou Ferrigno. Pick his but, brain. 
But yeah, I'd love to just like speak and to them. And he's as well. But and I'd be like, <laughs> it'd just be the ultimate dinner day. Right, after Jared's comment there, <laughs> uh, we are moving jealous. on to number seven for myself. And again, we I've already briefly spoke about it, that I could only really have one John Hughes film on the list. Oh, no. I mean, I would have happily had two of them on there. I mean, you could have. It's a good one. I haven't seen uh, 16 Candles, but Pretty in Pink is incredible. Anyway, but I had to cut off. My Willie. Bueller made the list. Ferris Bueller made the list. Breakfast Club just misses out. I mean, it Disgusting. is uh, a good film. Ferris Bueller is amazing, though. I couldn't. <coughs> I mean, I, just, I, it's the dream for any kid to just cut school and just go mm-hmm. to a parade into a ball game. I mean, twist and shout. That mm-hmm. scene where he's just on the parade going, Well, she ain't a baby now. She ain't a baby. I've, I don't got know. That, I've got that dancing Ferris downstairs. Why don't I bring that up here as well? I could have put that over there. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. I think it was maybe like when I watched it, I just wasn't in the mood to watch it. But like, I remember putting it on and kind of like halfway through, I was like, I couldn't get into it. I was bored. You were like, I- I'm never going to cook class, so it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, Chris would have something to say about third year. Uh, I cut so many classes in third year. But like, Ferris um, Bueller is that iconic as well. They even did it, the post credit scene they did in Deadpool as well. Oh, that, why are you watching this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah, why are you yeah. still here? Yeah. Go home. Go home. The Go. bit where he has to get home quicker and he's got to jump over all the fences. Yeah, like, that's that, was, that was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I think I need to watch it again. Sheen's, like, randomly in it as well, isn't he? He yes. is, yeah. He's the love <laughs> interest of the sister. Yeah. Well, no, it's just randomly at the... Uh, Dirty Dancing. Like, she's in it, she. Dirty Dancing. Love that film. Uh... I think I just need to watch it like thoroughly through, through Bueller, because Bueller. I just couldn't like I, I, I want to give it another go. But, uh, I think it is John Hughes' best film. Uh, yeah. Breakfast Club is incredible. Like I love Breakfast Club, but I think Ferris Bueller. I'm so Bueller. iconic for me. Ferris Bueller is like way I think way better than Breakfast Club for me, but. What I was saying about um, movies um, that wouldn't get made like now, I watched 16 Candles uh, with uh, Emily and we was watching it and she was like, turn it off, like turn it off. Like, cause it, it's such like a, like it's so bad to watch that movie. Like if you're watching it now, like there's literally like scenes in that movie that like make you physically sick. I, I like, get what you mean, yeah. Um, but um. But no, I think each of the John Hughes films. Well, yeah, I think all these John Hughes films have got iconic scenes as well. Like you talk about the Breakfast Club dance, and then uh, yeah. you've, got, you've got Judd Nelson's like cigarette scene where he's basically talking about his dad putting cigarettes out on him. Then you've got Ferris Bueller's parade scene, and then you've got Doug the opening King. scene you've to got... Ferris Bueller is really good, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I look like I was hooked on the first scene. Yeah. And then Cameron's amazing in it as well. But what I was going to say is Ducky, played by um, Alan from Two and a Half Men. I've gone completely blank on his name mm. now. We, um, we all know that Cameron's best film was Godzilla. Jesus. 
But um, like that, the scene in that one where he's just play, where he's just in the record store, just try a little tenderness. Like John Hughes has got some iconic like dance like moments in his films, like the parade scene. You got Home Alone where he's just dancing around with the little um, what they the call cardboard the, cutouts, uh... and then every single one of like John Hughes films. I'm gonna have to double check this. Cause I haven't seen Planes, Trains, Automobiles, and I really want. Oh my god, that is a film. I didn't know that was John Hughes. That should yeah. be on my list. I love that. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's John Candy and Steve Martin, isn't it? Where both oh my God, that's a John Candy films. What about Uncle Buck? Is that it? Is? Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about that film. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have seen it. John Hughes, John Hughes, right, Kieran? Uh, yes, it, it is. Yeah, directed, written yeah. and directed. Yeah. Wow, yeah. what a film. What a I, film. Like, I, I need to see if there's a dance number in that one because John Hughes is iconic for his dance numbers. Um, yeah. They... They got this <laughs> dance scene in 500 Days of Summer from uh, Ferris Bueller, I think. I'm sure I heard that. You know where he's like, you make my dreams come true. Yeah. yeah. That's like based on the twist and shout like scene. Yeah. But there, Ferris Bueller. Iconic film. Uh, number seven, I'm just going to like, it's just, if you haven't got this in your list, you're a bit like wrong, aren't you? You're a bit wrong. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> Really? Everyone, just yeah, looks, everyone, just everyone just looks at me and goes, ouch, it's not on my list. <laughs> not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean, E.T.? E.T. phone, E.T. I watched that. It's like not even a mean. No, it's, no, it's E.T. home phone, actually. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's how good it is. <laughs> just everything about it is good. It's just like, it's not cheesy at all. And if you think it is, you're wrong. And Drew Barrymore's incredible in it as well. I consider it's like as a child, like she was. Incredible. Yeah, but like this is the thing I think the eighties did well. Like child actors were actually really interesting and good in films. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, you kind of just watch like Stranger Things and you're just like. Mm, but that's because we've seen Drew Barrymore grown up now, though. So you never know. Like ten years, you might really enjoy Millie Bobby Brown and like Oscar for. Well, maybe, but um, <laughs> just like a little spoiler to like some of my next few films, like a lot of them are going to be kid kid actors just performing way above the age. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like pulling out like amazing performances yeah. when they're like 10 years old or Speaking even younger. Speaking of, one of the best kid performances is Jacob Tremblay in Room. Like, Jacob Tremblay. Really no! No, Room is so. Over- I hated him in that film. That film, I don't like. Honestly, I only when you do a fart. Like honestly, like, oh, Room is so. The sh- pillow. Touch the- oh man, fun <laughs> with that Fucking film. When I was in, I was like, honestly, I'd rather I'd rather have the Babadook kid than him. Like I don't know why. <laughs> I haven't seen Babadook yet, but that's I've got the that. Kid's kid's that should be like a list that we do, like worst kids in movies and best. Jake Lloyd is not like everyone's worst. You hate Jake Lloyd. Like, I thought. Hey, what is it with you, Jake Lloyd? No, I thought Have you, you were gonna... Phantom Menace. <laughs> He's in I the you gonna... Christmas movie of all time and Jingle All the Way. That's all you need. I thought you were gonna hey, say something really nonsense and just say top ten kids in. <laughs> Jared's oh, Jared just like his head just like. <laughs> no, because I'm trying to talk about E.T. and you've gone on the wrong path. I was saying how good the kid actors were. And, and so was I, like Jacob Tremblay, the good boys. Nah, as well. Number good boys three. Really good as well. 
Number three on my list has the best performance by a child actor ever in a film. Ever. Right, well, we will see. But let's get through the... Great day, this. Number six is... <laughs> is it now six? It, we're yeah. Now back to Kieran, yeah. It is six. Uh, well, we're on child actors. Stand by me. Oh, my God. Brilliant film. <laughs> One of the best songs to come out of a film. Stand by me is just so fucking iconic. Like, talk about... I know I said coming... No, I know I said uh, number three was uh had the best child actor but like stand by me is like I know probably one of the about. best yeah. kid films of all time like ed it was just so well done and i loved the story and it was heartbreaking and i love stories where they try they don't take themselves too seriously in a way but it was so mature for the kind of like the age range of these kids and wasn't it's one of the... just yeah, it's just a film in it where you just look at that film and think, I want to just I want to go back to what I had when I was like twelve, yeah. thirteen, and you just played. You just went to a park and played, yeah. and that was it. You had no issues with your life. Honestly, it takes me back to like because I lived in the well, I lived in the country, like like a small village. It's Jamie so, country well, boy, I can't see. I, love you. I can't because he's not speaking. It's not going to him, but um. Wait, what are you pointing at, Jake? The Goonies. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they were that in my honourable mentions. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were like, in my... Joe's probably going to turn up like, That's what he's probably talking about. But... We're talking about going back to, like... I've, <laughs> I've still never watched The Goonies, so... Uh, wow. So, but I you've mean, got it right I own, there. Yeah, just... I own it. Like, I, I only bought that this week because it was a special limited edition, cine edition uh, from HMV, so The Goonies and Beetlejuice I bought... Basically, start to go out for tomorrow. Yeah, literally. Now, I bought them last week, so um, I intend to watch the Goonies, but yeah, unfortunately. Oh, the Goonies is sick. I've never seen Stand uh, By Me. Wow. It, it, it is. It's like, there's, oh, there's, so much better than the Goonies. Just the premise of Stand King. By Me is they just walk down a railway and look for a dead body, and that's all they do the whole film. But <laughs> yeah, but they just talk, like, and it's yeah. just like. The kids I aren't there. I mean, gonna say, can, can you name the kids that are in the film, like the actors? Uh, River Phoenix. River Phoenix, yeah. Uh, then three other kids. No. <laughs> what are you on about? There's um. I God, like how you other... just named River Phoenix. Uh, you've got Will Wheaton. Oh yeah, Will Wheaton was the one I was because Will I, Wheaton, the, Josh the really Rowling. famous Co- one, Corey Feldman, and. Uh, Josh Jerry well, O'Connor. Josh, oh, Josh Brolin's Goonies, isn't he? Never mind. Yeah, Josh no, Brolin's yeah, not. No. Sean um, Astin. <laughs> yeah, they're all really famous He's the one who got uh, touched as a child, and that ruined his like, life, basically. What? Because there is a lot Corey of stuff Feldman. about... Corey Feldman, yeah, there's a lot of stuff about Stand By Me was like notorious for being like one of the worst child-like issue it's films. It's got some weird scenes in that, like the pie scene. It's, it's just a really good film. Yeah, like, the pie scene, the pie eating one, when he gets revenge and just basically throws up on everyone. What? Stephen but, King probably wanted to like... Yeah, it's a story. Yeah, it's just a story yeah. tells Stephen about. King is pretty, like, gruesome when it comes to his books. Like, I mean, that's only a short there are a lot of gruesome scenes in it. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a whole, like, five-page sex scene between all of them. Yeah. What about the shagging scene in it? Like, that's what, is that what you're on about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That scene, yeah. Mike. No, you're on about it, yeah. <laughs> Talking about No, I'm not going to go on that. No, we <laughs> don't need to talk about it. <laughs> no, no, don't let that happen. Don't let it happen. But All yeah, right. Stand By Me is just a 
really good film. Like in, I can watch it in any mood. There's another film on this list that is like that, but I can just watch it in any mood. Uh, I would be really satisfied. Okay. Um. So, Aaron, what is uh, our top five? My number six is that good. It's on two decade lists, and it is when Harry met Sally. Yeah, I knew. I was just waiting for that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> As I said last week, and we'll quickly replace. One minute. It. Let's just quickly check. It was the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I missed it. Oh, it's nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going back. Oh, it's nineteen older, but that keeps. <laughs> it's nineteen fifty now. The fifties. Oh my god, it was the first movie in colour. <laughs> so, what I'm going to do now is promote it to all the uh, listeners that listen to this. Go back and watch the 90s list and see what I said about when Harry met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I just still love how you just talked so much about it and like praised it and then Jamie was like, oh, Aaron, it's 1989. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just a like, disappointment. <laughs> I'll copy and paste it from the old one and put it in. So here's <laughs> Aaron's review from the 90s. When Harry Met Sally is... Oh, it's so good. I've, actually, no, I've always seen it in the 50p section, but I've never actually picked it up. Ah, no, yeah. Wait, is that... Oh no, sorry, I got it confused yes. with yes. You've Got Mail. Yes. Oh, You've Got Mail is, you got you got mail. Mail is also like a 10 out of 10 as well, though. Like, oh, yeah. It was one of them films which I watched and I didn't think I didn't think I was going to rate it as highly as I did when I saw it because I was watching it and I was actually really into it. Like it was actually mm. a really good story. Yeah, it is. It's brilliant. Like, uh, and it's not like um, it's not as cliche as like some other like rom coms, like in the same genre. But um, Billy Crystal, like, oh hold on, casting. hold on. Oh no! When was this released? Is it eighty nine? I've got here, released it, 1st of December, 1989. Is that in the UK? In the UK, yes. <laughs> 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 Looks like oh, no getting in there. not in the 90s. <laughs> Let's have a look. <laughs> He's trying to back it up. Yeah, uh, to be fair, like, so, while, while she is looking... Oh, actually is. I've been to, um, I went past, well, obviously in New York, I went past the Castellan. So we know it's going to be uh, high up on the 80s list. <laughs> I, I went, I went past Castellan. Um, <laughs> I went past the restaurant where he filmed it, and there's always a massive queue outside for Cat's Delicatessen. Carrie Fisher, isn't that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great performance, Carrie Fisher. So anyway, not in Hill. Um, <laughs> edit, edit on that with Jamie. Woo! <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> oh, that was great. That touched my heart. That touched my heart. Um, so when I met Sally, I still never watched it, by the way. We didn't talk about that last week. I think we own it, but I've never watched it. I oh, watch it. Like, like I said, it... yes, yes, yes. I'll have what she's having. But I said... like, like I said, like last week, like it was one of those films I didn't expect to be as good as it was. Like, but I watched it and I was like, holy shit, this is really good. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Okay, so this is me now, isn't it? Missing yes. out. See, the worst part is that I don't have Niall. because this. Oh well, this. This is the best George Lucas produced movie. Oh my god, you have not put this in. Alright, see you in a bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. not have it on the list. It's going to be Howard the Duck. He's the master of quack. Oh. It's Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Kieran, you've got nail varnish on. Hide your fingers. Oh yeah, sorry. 
<laughs> you, you can't blame me for that. And he just said Howard the Duck is number six on his top 80s. We talked about, uh, was it in the 90s? Uh, well, obviously last week. Um, You're going to put VHS's. it in number 10. I'll let no. you off. But like, what are we Number, number six? The Breakfast Club. No, this what? is what I'm saying as well. Because what Jared said last week, when you had these videos that you watched all the time as a kid, <coughs> Howard the Duck was one of mine. And to me, it'll always have a special You're place saying in my heart. Howard the Duck is like on par with Space Jam, mate? No, definitely no, not. It's far superior. <laughs> the only issue is, like, when I was a, like a five-year-old kid watching these films, I could tell the difference between Toy Story and Toy Soldiers. Howard the Duck, any other film that's a child's <laughs> film. Have you watched Howard the Duck? It's a 15, Howard the Duck. There's that white duck sex scene. What are you talking about? There's not a duck sex scene. She strokes his tail feather. What have you been watching? It's a weird duck sex scene. There's a bit where he's flying out and he's getting abducted to Earth, and there's just a Don't little. she give him a blow there. or something? No, there's a there's a duck in a bath, just completely naked, and she's watching play. No, and she's no, reading no. play duck. I'm on a little bit behind the the. Yeah, I know what you're on about, but no yeah. sex happens. She just strokes his tail feather. He's, it's yeah, in Howard the Duck. It's in that that corner. You haven't watched it, Aaron. No, but it is. <laughs> it's in that dark, dark corner of like eighties films, like um, Mario Brothers movie. Like oh Super my god! Mario yes, Brothers. literally them types of uh, films where they just made anything. Yeah, yeah. this Never was a story. Marvel That's superhero. Good, though. This is one of the first ever Marvel films to be. <laughs> That's a fact. It shouldn't have continued. It shouldn't have continued. It was a how the it fuck It bankrupt George Lucas. I had to sell Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're welcome, Disney. <laughs> Howard the Duck, the greatest cult film of all time. Because <laughs> you... that, where are you getting that fact from then? <laughs> That's a fact right there. How is that a fact? Would you like me to? The film was made in the eighties. Oh no! How don't let like Jamie go like gold. One, two, and three Bushes. by himself. Pardon? George Lucas. He funded like no, yeah. he funded two and three by himself. Star Wars? Yeah, yeah Star because Wars. of the money he made from from bankrupting Howard the Duck and selling Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Howard the Duck bank nearly bankrupt Lucas films that he had to sell it. No, I might be wrong here because Yeah, I guess I you think, didn't Star Wars sell like No, in I think the 2000s. I think what happened was it's not Star Wars, so apologize. He uh, he so, he had to sell his shares. And that's what made Pixar. What? I'm pretty sure how the door. Oh no, he P- Pixar's relation with it is that, that they use the computers and it was Steve. Yes, Bob. so he had to sell it all, and that's how Steve Pixar. Jobs. Yeah. Um, so the whole story is like insane with Pixar, though. Yeah, I didn't even know it was Steve Jobs until I dived into it. Yeah, Maybe it just going a little tangent and tell you about Toy Story too. Yeah, go on. Wait, wrong, wrong decade, but okay. But I just, like, a little tangent. I'll literally only take, like, 30 seconds of time. So this one person went to delete a file in Toy Story. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he actually accidentally... So this is the second film. He accidentally, del- like, pressed delete commands or something like that. So basically, assets just were starting to get deleted. And it got to the mm-hmm. stage where scenes with characters were just out of the scene because they just deleted, like, assets of the files. And it got to the stage where they were like, right, we're going to have to delay the film. But this one woman had it backed up on a computer and that saved the whole film. It's mental. Um, I feel like we should do a top 10 
uh, Toy Story side characters. That's what that's what broke my heart about Toy Story Four is like that they're like sort of way in the background, like it's Woody and uh, Bo Peep in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Buzz don't even feel like a character. What's this? No. Pixar only happened because of Written Howard focus. the Duck. Written by Jamie. Jamie's <laughs> <laughs> literally set the Feast, up, Jamie's thesis like, Wikipedia page in like two minutes, so he's definitely set that up. <laughs> Guaranteed, it's just a transcript from the last so yeah, podcast no, or something. Because basically, How the Duck failed that much, George Lucas, like you said, he had to sell it, and then the computers are bought, and that's what things <clears> are. So, so if it failed that much, but it deserves your sixth spot, or your fifth spot. Yeah, because it's a cult classic now, and it's 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 awful, but it's one of those films that <sighs> I'd happily watch, and it's one of those films I watched all the time as a kid. So How the Duck deserved a place on the list. Probably not yeah, as high. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, let's carry on. Niall's gonna have it as number ten. <laughs> uh, Niall's gonna have it in his top three. So I was like, if I put it at six, we might make the playoffs. So we. No, but Niall put what really <laughs> fucking kind of that. So I'm not taking any opinion from. Yeah, him, but if, if Niall puts that in his top three, and I've got it at six, it's making Do the we, playoffs. We should make after that. We've done every one like top ten worst shouts. <laughs> like, like worst like films that like all the remains number one. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say all of them. We all agree. We all agree. All of the remains. No, I feel like Babe the Pig has got to be there. Babe, yeah. <laughs> the pig, just to compare. The pig. Babe. Have you ever seen a pig? <laughs> Have you ever seen a pig? <laughs> it just ends. That's my favorite clip of it all. Oh, I, I love that. that. And an Aaron's reaction to. Cat in the hat! Cat in, Cat the, in the hat! Who is this guy? Cat in the hat! Cat in the hat! Fucking hell. Uh, but yeah, how the duck deserves a place on that list. Where and Nida would stand by me there. Where and Jared's number six. My number six. Uh, Alright, well... Oh, I also do have two how the duck pop figures, but they're up in the attic. Alright, yeah. Where they belong. Yeah. <laughs> um, from uh, one George Lucas film to another, Empire Strikes Back. While it isn't my favourite Star Wars film, it does deserve props for being probably one of the most iconic films ever made. Um, Empire Strikes Back, I was meant to see that tonight, and I came up and did this podcast and said, uh, but if it wasn't like my favorite film, like if it, if I wasn't saying favorites, I I, it, I would definitely put that as like the best film made ever. Like wow, that's what I, that's what I would agree with as well. Like one of the best without a doubt. Like top, if you're saying like the best films ever made, mm. for impact we're on about like that's got to be top ten easy. Because mm-hmm. like you know the like the Luke the Luke I'm your father bit. Well, I don't. I don't know if that's the right word because everyone like, oh, it's not that word. It's yeah. This, but like, Hoff is good. You know, you see Yoda. I everything with Star Wars and, and movies like that. Like, I always speak to my dad about um, like him going to the cinema, and he was, he says like when he saw Top Gun, it was amazing, and Predator because like films now, like you know everything in the trailer. That's why Nolan films are so good because, like, you go yeah. and watch it and you're actually surprised by it. I had yeah. I had this same feeling like when I spoke to my mum. She was I was just speaking to her about films. She's like, I said to her like, you know, like the Avengers is like what for us is 
like what you would have had but like yeah. you know what you compare like avengers to like seeing star wars for the first ever time yeah imagine being in that cinema like week one watching like even star wars or empire strikes back it just doesn't compare and it's not like you were just getting star wars you were getting like indiana jones the next week you were getting like yeah 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 i mean like et but you also get how the duck as well Obviously Fucking not because no one up, actually saw that in this cinema because it bankrupted George Lucas. <laughs> yes, so uh, you've just bit yourself in the time. foot there, matey. <laughs> bit yourself in the uh, flipper. In the flipper. <laughs> Absolutely quat. How was the fuck? Oh. Have some uh, orange with that duck. Wow. You should be a hype man, Jared. But uh, yeah, Empire fair, Strikes though, Back. I, I am going to yeah. quickly say, how many of you have seen Howard the Duck? Really? Okay. So, why are you Aaron, surprised? Is it why as bad as what? Is it as bad Duke? as what everyone else is saying? <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking bad. <laughs> but it's like it's lots of like clips that I feel I've seen the movie. It, Almost ruined Leah Thompson's career. She did that coming off Back to the Future <laughs> and was like, I need to go do another film now to save my career. So she did some kind of wonderful, but there you go. But yeah, how the duck. We was literally do. talking about Empire Strike Back and then you're like, George, yeah, naturally, yeah, there we go. Howard the Duck. Naturally, Howard the Duck. George Lucas, Howard the Empire, Duck everyone's Empire, <laughs> Howard the Duck. <laughs> Yeah, but the yeah, Empire's good, but does it have a duck? <laughs> I'm going to say my number one, and you'll be like, yeah, how are the how duck? The duck? <laughs> I bet you, if Niall's list does come through, he's got it in his top five. He's got, his, he's got number one. He's got number one. one. <laughs> oh, my God. That's he's not. So dope. Oh, my right, God. He's on the five. five. Right, number five. Talking about Star Wars films, the best Star Wars film of the prequels, How of the prequels, no, the original trilogy, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. I, you're I wrong, will... you're wrong. No, no, I'm not. You are wrong. It has the The Empire best... does not get no, the no, 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 no. I think Return of the Jedi is so supremely underrated. It has the one of the best lightsaber battles, if not the best lightsaber battle, just above... Um, Door of the Fates in Phantom Menace between Darth Vader and Luke. I think it was just so well portrayed and so well done, like their relationship and how it gets brought into like the finale of the whole thing. The Emperor, oh my god, the music and everything like that with the Emperor and how he was done, I think it's just purely left a mark on me as a kid. And now even like I just think it's legendary. It's the... criminal like you say, it's, it is criminally underrated. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's one of the weakest ones of all of them. People, people say really? like what you say about yeah. the Ewoks. Like, ah, uh, like he he wanted them to be a kids' film. Star Wars. He designed. Yeah. He made the kid. They made the films intention for kids. And I think Return of the Jedi is like the one film in all in the trilogy that has like it. It's perfect for everyone. Yeah, but Ewoks and are to end cool. That I love Ewoks. Ewoks are cool. I would happily yeah. have an Ewok. Best best performance from a young actor, like I said, Warwick Davis. Exactly. But like, let's say Empire Strikes Back is definitely great, and I was debating putting it on the list, but Return of the Jedi, I think, is just 
by far it's left more of an impact on me. Whenever I think of Star Wars, I think of Return of the Jedi. And I think of just like how well it was. And I watched it recently and it's still held up to me. And I think that even like with it um with the Ewoks and what planet was it? Endor, not in, mm. what what was the planet? Endor's or, on the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, Endor. Yeah, yeah, Endor. Like literally like the whole battle there, I just think it was so good and so well done. And yeah, I, I think it's like in my opinion the best out of the original the, the trilogy. The only reason I think... I do like the Jabba the Hutt bit. I think that's really good. That's one of the, like... Princess Leia in a gold bikini. Oh, yeah. Sick. But it's I awesome. I feel like this, the problem is it's, like, too many people on different paths in that film, and it, like... It loses the... They are more separated in, in that one. Uh, but I think, like... Like the ending, like of everyone's story, like ends so perfectly together. Yeah. And like when I, when I Return of Jedi is like the first memory I have of watching a film, and when you see like Luke in that black cape at the start going in Jabba's palace, you're like, holy shit! Like Luke's a Jedi. Like because in other films, like he's just like training, and then like he he turns up and you're like, I do know what you mean. Yeah. No. It's just so epic. It's so cool. And the green lightsaber, just for that alone. Exactly. Yeah, like, oh, it's just, I don't even think of the blue lightsaber. It's the green lightsaber. It's just, and not, and like, in like, my my only issue as well with it is I feel like a lot of the actors were done with the film. Like, the back hated it all the way through. Yeah, the performances in the last film, I feel they just dropped because, like, Harrison Ford didn't really want to be in it. Leia was literally smashing the drugs because she's got is it bipolar <laughs> or something like that. Something where she, like like that. she's just has like an addictive personality or something. But uh, and then Luke just, you know what I mean. What I said, what I, what I said though, like about when I was saying about uh, Revenge of the Sith, like people going about like the prequels because the dialogue's so bad in Return of the Jedi. That like the dialogue is atrocious at some points. But beyond that... Um, the action makes up for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird, like, because George Lucas still, like, had control over them films. I know he didn't uh, direct... Um, I think he didn't direct The Empire or Return of Jedi, but, like, I think he he wrote, like, a lot of the script to it. He was basically yeah. the overseer in Return of the Jedi. Like, he basically, yeah. the director couldn't do what he wanted to do. Hmm. But, like, I think that, like, I know I've mentioned it, but, like, the fight between Darth Vader and Luke in The Return of Jedi is just pure emotion and cinema. Like, you know, like, I, I like how Darth Vader was, like, taunting him and, like, the music. And one shot I love is um when, like, Darth Vader's, like, sister, like, mentioning Leia and stuff. And Luke, angry. yeah, and Luke gets yeah. angry, and there's this one shot where it's just going like um, sliding to the side. Oh, it's just so fucking good, and I think it's like, I just think it's, it is really criminally underrated, and um, mm. and yeah, it's just the and the way it ended as well was so wholesome in a way, and well, not mentioning the the remastered the CGI versions where everybody and CGI and Oh, look, Hayden Christensen's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah but just, before that, it was like just a random old guy. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this... It was the actor for um, 
it's the after that was actually in the Darth Vader thing, wasn't it? Um, not the original that's in like the original. I don't think it's. I think they swapped the Vader dude. Yeah, uh, they did. So um, it was Darth Vader who was uh, the one in the suit, but it didn't make any sense because you didn't like. Yeah, he's the actor, but you don't know who the Darth Vader dude is under the costume. Yeah, oh, it, didn't, it didn't make sense in my eyes. Oh, I heard something I, recently that like um, I don't know, I, I can't remember where I heard it from, but James Earl Jones like didn't actually meet the cast till like yeah. Did he just record all that, like, which is mental? Yeah. Did he start recording post processing, just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Record it back, but he's so. like, how they never met? Like, how is that yeah. real? Like, yeah. And, like, yeah. Return to Jerry is just, like, the scene where Darth Vader gets revealed, and it's just the, mu- I keep bringing up the music because I think it's the good best part, but like when he has like the slow down Vader anthem with the piano, it's just, oh, it's just yeah. so fucking brilliant. But yeah, Return to Jedi is my number five. I've said this because it's come up in basically every decade, but I'm not like a massive Star Wars fan anyway. Like I appreciate them for what they are. But um, when I was um, doing my lesson for PGC, I had to do a, a mini lesson based off film. And I was talking about um, costume and the use of costume in the movie. And like you said, with Luke, when he came out in his black, um, yeah. in the, and if you watch him from the first film, he's in pure white. Yeah. In Empire, he's in grey. Return of the Jedi, he's in black. And it just shows mm. you the progression of his character from going mm. from pure white to dark and it obviously shows him as well. You know, it was you know that, at that point. It was always like, that as point. As soon as he walks in, you know he's like a Jedi. But it was that point as well, using the black. Because if you look at good and evil, you've got white and black. So you're like, is he going to turn to the dark side? He's, he's going to a bit more darker colours. Is he going to turn mm. dark? But then there's a little nice little bit of a clip where after, obviously, it's all happened, his jacket is kind of half open. And you can actually mm. see it's all white on the inside as well. Just yeah. to show, obviously, like, he's, he's been dark on the outside, but it was always good on the inside. And I just yeah. had symbolism it's on that. Scene as well, that was that. actually meant or not, but, I mean, it it's got me to my PGCE, so... There's a bit where like Luke looks at his robotic arm and then looks at Vader and there's like a weird like scene like where he's he's thinking like he's, he's I'm gonna go down this path, yeah. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they are iconic, like I, I do I appreciate from what they are. It's same with Lord of the Rings, you can appreciate it, but you know, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. Yeah. I love Understandable. But, um, no, I do yeah. appreciate a lot of the rings. It's just not for me. Oh, like, if it was shorter, like, I think I actually would be more into it. I think it's like with like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and film, and even Harry Potter to some extent. You could kind of understand that they're not for everyone, especially if you're not really from that generation or um, decade or something like that. But you could definitely appreciate their their worth and value from that generation and like how much of an impact they've had on people. Especially people like filmmakers and writers and stuff like that. So, I think they should just make it in everyone's top ten. <laughs> Aaron, top five. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna set the scene on this one, right? Oh no! Here we go. I'm gonna set the scene, right? So, it's Christmas Eve, right? Oh fuck's sake! It's not a Christmas Eve. film. Go fuck yourself. It's Christmas <laughs> Eve. Listen, right? It's Christmas Eve, right? <laughs> And you work, you fucking work. It's called <laughs> you in for work, Christmas party on Christmas Eve. So you're just 
go to your works party and you're at the top of Nakatomi Tower. And to make Shut matters up. worse, to make matters worse, that your work parties on Christmas Eve, random terrorists just turn up. But then you realise, <laughs> then you realise that your husband is none other than John McLean. I didn't realise how good this decade was until I put this at number five. I would honestly say it's the best action movie of all time and the best Christmas movie of all time. Like, it is amazing. I, I have a tradition of watching this on every Christmas Eve, like going into yeah. Christmas. It's so quotable. And Alan Rickman, I can't think of any per better uh, casting any film ever than Alan Rickman in this film. Like, how many films have dialogue like Mr. Tagagi? I will count to three. That will not be a four. Like, what is that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's like we say as well, like, there, are certain, good, there are certain films that I quote all the time, and I do quote Die Hard probably at least once a day as well. It's one yeah. of my favourite gifts, and that's, welcome to the party, pal! <laughs> <laughs> I love the what's the thing where he's like got the lighter in it? I always forget it where he's in the vents. That's a, Yeah, it's that thing you was like, come down to the sea, we'll have a few drinks. Have a yeah. You watching it like you just watch it, then like he's got no shoes in that glass scene where he's just like getting it all in his feet. So good. I guess it when um Alan Rickman's deaf in that, wasn't they they didn't tell him he was gonna fall. Like they just dropped him. I don't know. Like that. In the behind the scenes, apparently they, they were counting down from like five, four, three, two, one, and they were going to drop him on the one, but they dropped him like on the four, and that's why he looked so surprised and so shocked <laughs> in it. <laughs> so yeah, like I think Die Hard is like, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, I think it's definitely one of the best Christmas movies. It is a Christmas movie. It's and not for me, but it, I see why people love it. Christmas. I mean, to be fair, I, I, same with Mercedes as well. And like you said, Aaron does that. I know Nick does it from HMV as well. And he posts it on Instagram every year and they're saying it's not Christmas until you see Hans Gruber falling from a Macintosh. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly watch it. I put it on at, at like about half 11. And then by Christmas, you see him fall, mate. <laughs> like, honestly, that is a bigger tradition than Santa Slay, Santa and his sleigh. Like John McLean just tearing up the terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> John McLean tearing up the terrorists. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wow, I could watch Die Hard. Like every, that's that's one film that like, Desert Island like I came out in July. It's not a Christmas film. Just saying. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> yes. Nah. It's not a Christmas film. It came out in July. It's a summer. Why is there like loads of Christmas movie? movie in it? Music, music in it. That. Oh, now Mercedes is gonna shout at me now because she's here. You okay? I heard that. Yeah, because it's not. Yeah, a disgraceful. Film. It's no, it's disgraceful. <laughs> it's, it is a Christmas film. Sleep on the sofa tonight, babe. Oh, a bloody film. <laughs> poor um, Jamie, poor Jamie. I'll defend that. It's not a Christmas film. It came out in July. No. But how did it set come in, in Christmas? That is like the because it's a summer blockbuster film. <laughs> but it's That's set so in Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to create a film and I'm just going to release it in June, but I'm going to make sure there's some Christmas stuff in there. I'm going to call it a Christmas movie. Well, yeah. Yeah, because it's basically Christmas. It's not a Christmas film, but move on. No, no, I should have thought. <laughs> um, but yes, 
Die Hard is number five for Aaron. So, so yeah, Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> best Christmas movie ever made. <laughs> it's the, actually the best Thanksgiving movie ever made. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, for fuck's uh, sake. Fifth is going off Stanley Kubrick. Oh, which one? And Stephen King. Okay. The Shining. Oh. I thought it was 70s. 1980, exactly. 80, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, watching that film is, it's a mindfuck. I mean, how mo- what more iconic scenes can you have than Danny going down the hallway and seeing the Grady twins? Mm, that scene yeah. is incredible. And I just love it. Like, the, the book's really good. The sequel is really good as well, Doctor Sleep with Ewan McGregor. Really? Uh, I heard a lot of people saying it's really bad. To be fair, most people are going in thinking it's going to be like The Shine, it's going to be complete. Yeah, but it's completely different. It's more towards the book of Supernatural. And Doctor Sleep holds the record for me as the most people I've ever seen walk out of a cinema. Bad. How many people? About ten. <laughs> because they weren't expecting it to be what it was like. It's not like The Shining at all. Especially yeah. not at the start of the film. It's all about these witches trying to suck out people's shinings and get superpowers so they can look young again. Yeah, the second film is different, but still but good. That's what, that's what the book is about. And then obviously, and then they go back to... Well, the, they, they, the um, didn't Stephen King make film. the film again because he didn't like the first one? Yeah, he didn't it like was the really bad. one. And then it was like a straight-to-DVD film. <laughs> but um, it's iconic, The Shining. Like I said, Jack Nicholson is incredible in The Shining as well. Shelley Duvall. And I think you can't think of many scenes that have been duplicated or replicated or parodies as much as The Shining, like The Twins. Like, yeah. Family Guy's done it. I'm pretty sure Simpsons has done it. It was in Ready Player One. It's... Because it is a good, it is yeah. like one of the, that's what I mean about the 80s. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of things in the 80s are just copied because they just are that iconic. Iconic, yeah. Yeah, Shining is top five. Just just edging out how the duck. <laughs> you need to stop it, Jay. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say very much about my number five because I would rather Jamie say about it. But uh, man's back to the future. I thought you were going to say Howard the Duck then. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to say... <laughs> I shit myself. No, I'm not going to say that much about it at the moment because I know Jamie will want to say a lot about it. But... um. Yeah, it's just one of them films that it's just you can anyone can watch it. Great soundtrack, just it just hits all the right cards of what a film should be, and this is where I think the eighties gets it right. Whereas nowadays, they've got a lot of things in films that like they. I, I'm trying to think of the way to word it. So like, I felt like nowadays they just put in jokes. Like for jokes' sake, but whereas in the eighties, the jokes just landed because they were funny and they just were like natural. But um, yeah, Back to the Future just is such a simple premise, like going back in time and that. Just great film. Jamie can say more later though. Number five, Back to the Future. Um, Undeservedly, I'll quickly say about Back to the Future. What's underrated about Back to the Future? I was thinking about it, is the score like Alan Celestri does. 
I was watching this thing um, that was um, like it. It wasn't the newest like um, like Avengers films, but um, it was saying like how big the Marvel films are now, and how like big certain films are now. But like, there's the art of like a soundtrack is like dying so much. There's only like a few people like Tim Mansell, like Hans Zimmer, there's st- uh, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead that are still making great scores. Most scores now are just like copies of like other scores. Like it's like a huge thing in like cinema. Like loads of films. Like there's so if many films that copied the drive. All of John Williams' films, literally all of them sound exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. if you look at Alan Sylvester's career, like he did huge films like Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, and then like over the 2000s he did nothing, and then people started realizing like about like. The sound, uh, the scores in films now are just like so shit in blockbusters. So then Marvel got him to do like the Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. I think he did the Avengers theme as well, and it's just it it boosts in those films, the music in those films compared to like when you think of like music in like something like Iron Man or um, a Captain America. You can't think of any music in it because like the scores are like so non-existent. Yeah. The end game music just gives you chills. Yeah. In the 80s, it just gave birth to, like, I mean, it's the 70s as well, but, like, huge under it. I know we talk about the directors, but, like, there's huge people like John Williams, like Alan Silvestri, they're like, deserve so much, like, acclaim for what they do. I mean, it's not just the score, it's all the soundtracks amazing as well. Yeah. Huey Lewis, mate, created that, didn't he? Yeah, Huey Lewis in the news, and then... He's in it? He is, yeah. yes, he's a judge. But uh, there's so many... Uh, I'll speak about Things you later. can talk about later, but yeah. there's... Just uh, quickly, because I won't talk about it later, there's so many little bits that you don't see the first time, then you re-watch and you see, like, when he goes back in time for the first time and he goes to meet him at the mall, and he's at the Two Pines Mall, and then mm. he um, goes back in time, uh, back into the farm, and he, uh, when he's leaving, he knocks down one of the pine trees. So then when he's back in 1985, when he comes back, it's now called the Lone Pine Mall. Little That's things cool. like that. That's amazing. A, like, you don't notice it, but until you notice it, you're like, oh shit, there's these little things that just make it even more incredible what about than what the... it is. Mayor. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Dude. it will come up eventually at some point. Um, Mayor. I'm sure it's probably going to be in my top five. Who knows? It will be. Yeah, it's. Uh... We all know it will be. You're wearing the fucking merch. <laughs> of course, it's in your top five. Yep. So that's my number five. Number four is it? No? <laughs> no, um, it is back to Kieran. Number four. Um, same best songs a lot. Uh, David Lynch's favorite film in my best film, in my opinion. Uh, it's The Elephant Man. Which I was I surprised. Am not an animal. <laughs> I am a human you, being. You, it's so iconic. I, I was shocked. It was nineteen eighty. I thought it was way. It's weird, isn't it? Because that. it's it's made to feel like a seventies film or a sixties. Yeah. Yeah, six. I thought I thought it was sixties, but like. Well, it's a true story though, isn't it? So they have to make it. It is. Yeah. 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 On Joseph Barry, and it's it's such a brutal film like there's a lot of scenes in it that are just so like down and sorrowful and like I actually get 
slightly teary thinking about that film because it's just such like a heart-wrenching story and John Hurt's performance in it is just pure there's not many people who can show there's not many actors who can show how much they're hurting through just their lack of voice or lack of facial expressions but John Hurt did such a great job in like portraying that damaged and insecure soul like through the body language and even the way he spoke as minimal as it was and it just it's just such an amazing watch and Anthony Hopkins as well is just amazing in that film and just the sheer brutality of like watching the film is is really apparent and it's not a happy story there's not a happy ending to it and it's like that's kind of why I love it so much that it doesn't say like oh he gets a cure or oh no he faces his demons or whatever it's just kind of like you know it's it is well I don't know I'm not going to spoil it all but like it is a really tragic kind of story and it makes you really think about yourself. It's mad to think way. that it's real right exactly. Oh yeah thing. yeah like um, a lot of it was from uh, Joseph Merrick, so like journal and poetry, because he used to write poems, and um, and yeah, it was just re- it's just just a brutal film, and it's the only kind of I'm not a David Lynch fan really, but like it's definitely one like I was really shocked by how great it was as a film. Yeah. I was really shocked. I I find it weird like when I watched it because uh, by the way, John Hurt pops up in like he pops up in quite. Decent films, John Hurt, like out of nowhere, doesn't he? Like, uh, he's 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 brilliant uh, as well in like Alien, uh, and that's in Snowpiercer. When I watched that recently, he was really good in that, and mm. I really think he pops up in it. But that film, like it, because I I love David Lynch, and the performances in that film are so good. But it's so different to like, uh, I I always find it weird that like it's so different to. Twin Peaks, because yeah. Twin Peaks to me will always be like one of the greatest things ever made, especially just the first series mainly. But Twin Peaks acting is sort of like the room acting, like almost on that level. Yeah. Of like, there's like smiles between like the actors, like because they know it's just weird and what's going on. Like uh, mm. the other detective to Keeper, like the amount of things like Keeper's dialogue, and then the other detective will look at him and just smile, like because he won't know how to react. Yeah. Compare that to like the same dude did like Elephant Man and uh, yeah, um, I, I'm more of a fan of like his 90s stuff. Um, but yeah, I do appreciate Elephant Man. I I think I only watched it because I've watched his other stuff. And that's how, that's why I saw it as well. Just seeing other things and then, oh, Elephant Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I watched his his latest thing. The monkey thing that's like 10 minutes oh, long. God, that's it. just not even, what even <laughs> so is that? Weird. So weird. Uh, it's a weird did you ever guy watch his well. like new Twin Peaks episode? Do you know that, have you, that black and white episode I'm talking about? Yeah, I heard like that what was like. What the heck? He's... Amanda, uh, the, oh, what's her name? Um, Mama Mia Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, she's like randomly like the new one, isn't she? It's because she's amazing. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jamie. No, back. no, you're back, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I love Amanda Seyfried anyway. But uh, Twin Peaks, I, again, I watched series one, I wasn't that impressed, and I watched series two, and was like, eh. 
Um, but it's I can, again I can appreciate how much of iconic it is. Like there's so much stuff that I've parried it. Like yeah, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like... I'm a massive fan of Psych, and they did a whole episode with a lot. Like basically everybody but Carl McLachlan turned up for the Psych episode of Twin Peaks, and the if just watch that episode of Psych. If you love Twin Peaks, like you'll appreciate more. Because I didn't get half of the references in the episode. I always say yeah. Uh, so. I always say about like Twin Peaks, it's like the thing with Kanye. Like I adore Kanye, I always, I always have. And uh, like, but even if you don't like Kanye, I feel like he's the artist of the generation. Oh yeah. Even if you, even if you don't listen to anything he's ever done, just listen to the people like he's made. Like, and not even like people on his label, like people that have, wouldn't have been a thing if it wasn't for things he's done. Like. It's just unreal, like the tree, like he's literally like the root and then like there's a huge tree. And it's the same with Twin Peaks. Like there's so many shows, like uh, I remember Emily like a few years ago, like just watching Riverdale. And I was, I watched like 10 minutes of it and be like, this is Twin Peaks. This is literally yeah. Twin Peaks. Like it's so weird, like watch Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. So it is Aaron. now Aaron's. Um, it went four. Yes. So, my number four, uh, we mentioned it before. Before? before. My number four, <laughs> mentioned it before, and you use the force. It's oh. The return of the Jedi. Have you got two Star Wars oh. on your list? I broke my rule, mate. Who knows <laughs> if I've got two on my list. But anyway, Return of the Jedi. Um, like Gamer was saying before, like, I mean, the starting yeah, scene is unreal. The thing that kills me most about, I know I, I, know I shouldn't be speaking about this, but The Last Jedi, the thing that kills me most about that uh, is is literally in Return of the Jedi, it's just the story. All it comes down to is that Luke sees good in like pure evil. Like Luke sees the light in Vader and he just won't fight his dad. The only thing that makes him like fight him is when he says about Leia. But after that, he just won't do anything. And just that perfect story of father and son. Uh, and then they completely abolish, uh, like they just ruined it in Last Jedi, like making like Luke kill Kylo in his sleep at that scene was just mm. ridiculous. Um, but just the perfect ending to the, like the uh, finale, and I, I honestly think like I, I think it was like my first memory of watching a film was watching Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, amazing film. So my number four is probably a film that not a lot of you probably heard of or you've heard of and just haven't watched. It's my second Winona Ryder film on the list. It is a teen movie. It's Heathers. Oh, okay. I've heard of it, I've not seen it. Christine Slater, Winona Ryder, Shannon Elizabeth. It was the second movie turned musical that I have seen, which is on the list. And the musical is amazing as well. But I remember watching this film. I didn't really, never heard of it before. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it. Why not? Let's see what it's like. People that I spoke to who made me watch it was like, it's amazing, you'll love it. And I went in and I was like, 
wow, this is literally the start of the teenage like comedy, like the teenage movies. Like, if it weren't for Heather's, you wouldn't have stuff like Mean Girls, and you wouldn't have all of these films later on because Heather's is just the dark comedy of it all as well. And yeah, I mean, they did a TV show a few years ago which was awful. It got like cancelled after one episode. Uh, but they like released it online later. But so many great quotes in it as well. Like "fuck me gently with a chainsaw." I mean, what a great quote! <laughs> like, Amazing quote. "Fuck me gently with a chainsaw." It's just, but yeah, um, Winona Ryder is amazing. And Christine Slater's best role. Mm. True romance. Oh, yeah. True. I was oh. gonna say Karen's like nah. Mr. Robot. <laughs> Mr. Robot, I was thinking Mr. Robot. Mr. I was like, Christine Slater is amazing. And uh, greetings and salutations. That's where that basically as well as and I love the musical as well. The musical is amazing. I think with some of these, like going back to it, How the Duck and Beetlejuice and Karate Kid, it's mainly because of stuff nowadays in my life that put them higher on my list because they mean a lot to me. With Cry Kid, Cobra Kai, Beetlejuice, the musical, How the Duck, it's amazing. And yeah. Heather's the musical as well. I think Heather's is one of the best teen movies, bar Mean Girls. Like I said, without Heather's, you wouldn't have any of the others. It's like the no. granddaddy of them all. No, like it's on the same line of um, when Harry Met Sally. Like when I was watching Heather's, I just classed it above like a typical musical that wouldn't I wouldn't really like. But then I got into it and it was just I loved dark comedy and watching it I was really satisfied with how they were portraying that and how they dealt with that. And like I said, the fuck me gently with a chainsaw. It's just stuff like that. It's just really good and it's like my girlfriend's favourite film. So if I say it's bad then I'll get crucified. But <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. It's one of those that it's quite under the radar. Like not a lot of people know of it, but it is a quality movie. Like, it is yeah. really highly regarded by the people that have actually watched it. It's one of those, like, if you never heard of it, you will, and you will, like, you wouldn't know of it. But when you, it's like what you said about Children of Men. If, if you haven't watched it, you will never, like, talk about it. But when you've watched it, you talk about it. Because yeah. it's that good. It's one of the best, like, teen films. It deserves top oh, five. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, Jared. Number four. <laughs> uh, number four is uh, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark you've got two Indiana Jones in this film because let's be honest like, it's you find it hard not to reminisce about films that you watched as a child and this film as I watched as a child is just like it's the same way I watch Mad Max Fury Road. Like, it just goes. The film just keeps going and, like, things happen and, like, they're in Egypt and then there's melting Nazis and, and just, like, <laughs> talking about it makes me want to watch it again because it's just, like, everything about it. Like, there's a bit where the fly, like, uh, lands in the dude's mouth. Yeah, like, I know it's just like a little feature. That's so sick. I know it's it's just a little feature, but it's uh, like I, I can't remember which Indiana Jones it's from, but I love the bringing the knife to gunfight kind of scene, like where he's that like. That is from. Uh, oh, is that... I think I, it's from the first one, isn't it? Snake yeah. Snake. What, where, what where he's? Yeah, I think you know, that he might be the first film. Yeah, he's he, the first he one, just yeah. 
Yeah, he just pulls out. Yeah, good, the first isn't? film is just really good. It's just set in Egypt, and they just—I don't know, like the, just the music goes well with it. Like you know, like yeah, you know the do 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 do. It's a proper adventure. I love it. Yeah, and we, you can I, tell that. Like, I think the reason it it probably sticks with me so well is because I feel like you're watching Star Wars again, but without like yeah the sci-fi element really it's just more of like trust me i love sci-fi and like you'll see from like some films coming up but um i, I miss like action film like not action like adventure films like indiana jones like that's why i still like number four because it's like yeah it was a bit unrealistic yeah, some of it but it still has the flow like you know when they're yeah. in the forest and they're just going like it's just sick yeah. like he, he's getting like kicked it, off like not gonna maybe like this it. is why people like Fast and Furious. I'm not a big Fast and Furious fan, but maybe I can see why people like it because you do have these things where they're jumping off planes and like mm-hmm. it still has fair, that kind of like Indiana Jones effect. To be fair, with Indiana Jones, I feel like with the fourth one, many people would like it more if it didn't have the whole alien shit at the end. Because I think the whole thing is a like a film is actually like not that bad. I, I find it quite enjoyable, but. But the alien stuff like, made sense to me. Yeah, like, yeah. what do you think in number three? Like, I, I mean... Um, like, you're going to tell me that, like, aliens are stupid, but, like, an arc that can melt people's... Yeah, yeah. ...to, like, bones. Uh, I get what you mean. Bat, like, you oh, know what I mean? Kalima! Kalima! Yeah, but... Good, no, good film. No one talks about Temple of Doom, though. No one no, talks about tel- Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, just... That, that's People why I'm saying... People love that said, film. There, there, is, there is scenes in Temple of Doom that are great, but, like... It is weird. It's so weird. Yeah. I think it missed it missed the mark of what yeah. it was. Spielberg like, married her could... though from that though, didn't he? He was sorry. Did he? He, he married like the main girl in it from like. Cause he oh did wow. yeah. I don't know. To me, like, he just. It's not the same. Like, the I think the thing is like the Nazis are probably the best bit about the whole of Indiana Jones because it's just like. Yeah, fuck the Nazis. And, yeah, like, yeah. Whereas, like, this one, the second one was child slavery, and it's, like, a bit uh, Yeah. And, like, he eats that person's heart when he's alive. and You know what it's I mean? Like, that, that bit's, like, un- that, that bit's, like, okay, but, oh, aliens now. Nah, I yeah. can't have aliens. <laughs> we just don't get them adventure films. No. Yeah, like, like the, I would say, like, the closest one we would have gotten, like, exactly. in terms of modern... Four. Yeah, Uncharted. Uncharted the games. Like when you talk about <laughs> yeah. aliens stuff, like Uncharted is basically a proper Indiana Jones movie. And also you get to the end and it's a guy with like super Cuban strength. Yeah. Like, I genuinely think that they have the right. Uh, like, like the last part of the first one as well. Like, yeah. literally it's just like, I bet you if they had had the license to do Indiana Jones, they would have just got yeah, not yeah. done it and just done Indiana Jones and it would have yeah. worked. Hey, but we are going to have one because Tom Holland is playing young Nathan Drake, so we will have our film, don't you? That's going to be the worst movie, mate. It's going to be like the the Nathan Nathan Fillon short film. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was really good. I just, I love watching that. I love watching that short film over. Look, like, um, the guy is Sully. I forgot what his name is. He was in uh, Avatar and. um... Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know his name, but I really know you mean. But oh my god, he was such a good so like the way he had like the cigar in his mouth and the binoculars, it was just so good. 
But also um, yeah. Tintin as well, Adventures of Tintin. Yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that's, that's, see, I feel like that's, that's probably, probably the closest that's you'll get to Indiana Jones nowadays. Because that, yeah, that's an Uncharted film. There is right no, um, what you call it, there's no CGI in Indiana Jones. Like, off the top of my head, not majorly CGI. Like, yeah. It just, it just, they filmed it like almost like this is why Mad Max deserves a lot of props, the originals, because mm. they just, they just did it, didn't they? Like, they yeah. just filmed it like someone breaks a leg, they break a leg. I was thinking um, before, like, I, I, out of every film that I've said, like, I keep saying, like, oh, I know so many quotes about this film. Like, films now, I don't know many quotes from. Like, I know, like, the main quotes, but like, Indiana Jones, I know, like, bad date. Like, yeah. Just yeah. Like so, what was like that? Like, how would you even know that? Like, in a normal world, <laughs> you just wouldn't because films are just forgettable now. Unless they're like, yeah. Obviously, you could probably quote Avengers, but I think it's because like films are so commercialized now. Like, if they're not like, there's very few original ideas anymore that yeah. reached like the height of like our budget of Star Wars or Marvel or something like that. Which is why I think, the live action all the Disney movies. <laughs> oh man! I just like I hate God bringing it to. What Mulan's about? <laughs> though, oh, I... it was okay. Mm. No, I swear down like... two scenes in, I was out for the count. Yeah, really. We, we watched it yesterday. It was okay. What What do you think about the the making a fifth in Indiana Jones? I, I go for it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they've ruined Star Wars. Like, I didn't like Last Jedi, but like. I don't think they people are like well against like the making all the Star Wars films, but it's more content like to those things. And and if they're giving it to the right people, that's that's the important. Yes, thing. giving it. To I the agree right with people. you. I don't. I don't think like seven, eight, nine ruined it for me. Yeah. It wasn't what I wanted, but it like, didn't ruin I, it. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember when those. It makes you appreciate eight. the more original, though, doesn't it? So like Matrix I, Four, like I'm I'm stuck for that. Like yeah, give yeah. it a go. Why not? I remember when Maybe those, they can make them like pick up from the mistakes of two and something. Like, <laughs> I, rem- <laughs> I remember when there was like massive buzz for Alien Five, and Neil Blomkamp was going to direct that, and he directed like District Nine and everything like that, and he would have been perfect to create Alien Five because it was going to have Sigourney Weaver like the original cast. I still and everything think like that. that like Prometheus and that wasn't bad. I, I don't don't like the Prometheus. Bad. I, I like Prometheus. Like Prometheus what about Alien think- Covenant? Yeah, I like Covenant. I like Covenant. Worst film the worst film that's just a copy. I like Covenant. It's just a copy. Ridley Scott literally turned down Blade Runner 2049 to do that film. Luckily, because Denis Villeneuve did 2049, right. so I'm happy. <laughs> and give, but, it's not what we're saying. Give Denis Villeneuve Alien. Just I, give Denis Villeneuve, oh, actually, that'll actually be sick. David Covenant. Fincher, an alien film. Covenant. That is an Alien 3. Covenant is the closest film I've ever had to walking out of. Yeah. Really? I watched it. I was so close to walking out of it. Did we watch it together, Kira? Me, you and Niall. We didn't even know Kira when Covenant came out. Yeah, I watched watched it with my ex. Literally what (laughs) happened, it was, it was me, you and Niall, and then we went to do the escape room just after it, I think, with everyone else from college. Uni. Yeah, it just wasn't very good. It was I felt betrayed like watching that film. I was like, because I didn't even see Prometheus. Was like, I was like, what's happening? There was a lot of people. There was a lot of people that didn't like Prometheus, and I was one of them. Like, I actually respect that they've gone to this route and gone like um, a bit like off-centered with this film. But then they just like in the first like twenty minutes of Covenant, and it's like, 
I know like there's Death Stars in every Star Wars one, but how many fucking times can they like take your mask off on an alien planet? Like how many yeah. times do you do that on Alien? Like it does make Is it me or does Alien Covenant literally feel like they looked at the first film and said, All right, how can we update this? Yeah. But then they give they give you all the like bits that you've seen in the other films it, and then you're like, All right, gonna get to the end bit, let's have some like action and then it's just weak action. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of annoying because when you look at like I think Alien Covenant, even though the story I think was really bad, I think it's like the actual directing and like the cinematography of it. Because like, don't get me wrong, Alien Covenant is a beautiful looking film in some ways. I think it like the way it looks, I think is really cool. Like the opening scene, especially when they're in like that massive like futuristic room and he's playing the piano with Guy Ritchie coming in. Like I think it's a beautiful set and a beautiful shot but I think Ridley just gets too worked up in the whole philosophy of his films that they just you, we've really seen bad. it before though like with directors that have just gone to nothing like and Ridley's like he's done like like how, how I just don't get like like I watched Robin Hood and like Exodus, like how has he gone from like these films like Alien and Blade Runner and Gladiator to that now doing these films like Covenant? Yeah. And and to be fair, like Robin Hood and The Martian was like, really how good. How did you do that? The Martian was. The really Martian good. was really Martian's good. Martian's good, but it's not in itself. Well, yeah. <laughs> well I'll just say it's Ridley Scott though, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Martian's good though. Yeah. But Martian, yeah. Mark Watney was a great character. I think I really like this character. Okay. Right, who's next Top anyway? Top three, back to Kieran. Three. So, three. Three. so... How many duplicates? We're going to get into the foreign films. Talking about Fuck the Nazis, a Belarusian film called Come and See. What? C- come nah. on, <laughs> come and see. It's a film called Come and See. Jamie, this is particularly to you because you're a horror fan. It is one of the best horror films without it ever being, it, when it's not a horror film. It's purely a war film, but it is honestly one of the scariest, most disturbing films I have ever seen. So the whole point of it is like there's this Belarusian kid and he joins the Russian resistance against the Nazis during World War Two. And it's just basically telling his story and try like, you know, he got broke off from his squad and he's trying to get back to them with this other girl called um Galera or something like that, I've got her name, but it is just brutal horror, like raw and everything like that, considering that the director of it, director of Come and See, was actually a soldier in the Russian resistance during World War II as well, I think, when he was like a really young teenager, like 8, 16, 17, something like that, so it really, you could really tell that he lends his reality and rawness to the film as well it is helmed as like one of the most historically accurate war movies of all time as well this like, looks just... really good just from looking at the photos on google yeah How honestly spelling it i don't even know come uh, and see come and see come it... and see it's free come yeah. and see. Yeah, yeah, i yeah, thought that it was like really as in like it was like literally all one word it's re- it's like it's not the fastest paced film it is kind of slow but like it's quite a long film but it's criterion you know it is just unreal and like i it's hard to find like i know the dvd is like 15 quid but i can send you a link there's fil- russian film hub there's a link where you can just watch the whole movie 
but um good help i have been on <laughs> so if, so if you want i can send you that link but um but yeah come and see is just i've got plex i think i'll be all right um, <laughs> why yeah, do i keep I've, seeing I've... this same in- image when i'm like searching it up like i just just looks like jamie doing uh the matrix <laughs> last week like, in it, it's, it looks jamie. like is it almost like mr robot where it's like really jamie, close oh yeah scene? like come and see is like fascinating it's like one of that the main one. things <laughs> one of the main things it has is that there's close and yeah yeah come and see it's one of the best performances by a child actor if not the best performance what language ever. is it belarusian yeah it's uh belarusian is the main one yeah these shots are like like andy warhol shots they kind of are it's really weirdly shot because a lot of them are like the character facing the audience so that a lot of it does contain a lot of shots like that but holy shit like you just the music as well just really gets underneath your bones and yeah it's just it's a film that not a lot of people know about but when you've seen it you're like holy shit i really love this film and luckily if you're not into like foreign language there's not a whole lot of dialogue. Speaking, a lot of it is, yeah. yeah, a lot of it is visual. Is it a lot like um, there's this film I watched? Uh, it's like a Russian film called Stalker. Oh, it, does it have someone that's like that's Matt another Mickelson? one of those Criterion movies? In it, so. yeah. Oh no, I'm thinking of another one. But yeah, yeah but Russian cinema is amazing. Russian cinema is amazing, and I have a Russian film on my seventies list too. And right, um, going ahead, Jared to do it on the Russia day. with love. <laughs> Sorry, Jared to do his list two hours before we go live, and Kieran's all <laughs> every single one done. He's like sixties done, fifties and below done. Top no, ten all time. No, I, 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 let me explain why I do this though. <laughs> I do it just before we start because it, it just in the if moment. I'm thinking about it, then I'm going to be like, oh, maybe that deserves it. Maybe that deserves it. I'm just going off the cuff. What is the best film in my head? Yeah. I, yeah, I watched Come and See recently today, actually, because I just wanted to watch it. And, like, yeah, it's just, it was originally number four, but it went up to number three just because of, like, how horrific it, it was. And, like I said, Jamie, I think you would, it is, like, true. I think, I think there I'll is a horror film. day to watch that because that doesn't yeah. really It's not really a, it's obviously not a horror film, but the way it's shot and the way it's lit, it's like a horror film because, and it's shot with a stock that is, to in light because it's all shot with natural lighting and it's shot it's shot with a stock that makes the dark shadows a lot more like lighter a little bit so when it's like daytime the film's a lot more grainier but it's a very dark film and it's realistic dark and scary dark it's not like kind of like a typical horror film dark it's a realistic like lost in the woods at like uh sunset type dark and it's like really harrowing at some parts and it's just truly you will you will there'll be a lot of times where you're on the edge of your seat not thrilled but just scared and disturbed and it's just a really amazing film yeah i think a lot more people should see it I, mean, yeah. I was looking at wikipedia then and it literally came up saying regarded as one of the greatest movies ever made it literally said that on wikipedia and i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of films that you can just look at on google and be like that just looks like it's going to be a good film it's an amazing film. in fact like I'll get up the link now and I'll send it I'll to send, you. I'll send it you. <laughs> I just need to find a day, to be honest, because like, I always just like find my days off and just 
always doing errands. When you start, when never you get a time to just watch a three-hour film. When you, you start, sorry? when you start doing sleeps at work, just get get them all to watch these films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to watch Come and See? <laughs> right. Uh, uh. But no, honestly. Got this kid's film, Come and See. <laughs> but um, top three, Aaron. Um. So. Uh, my number three is uh, Indiana Jones. Which one? Temple of the first one. Number two. <laughs> Temple of Doom. Yeah. Uh, nah, I was. Um, I could, it was like on the weekend. My dad was like watching uh, a James Stewart film. I think it was some. It might have been like Vertigo or something like that. And there's a few actors uh, where. James Stewart's one of them. Brando's another like on the waterfront, and uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Where I'll just sit down and there's something they do. Those actors, where I just idolise them. I just idolise everything about them. Like I just like imagine like imagine being those people, like those guys. And Harrison Ford, um, in that film is like that, like the perfect, like. Um, example of that as well um, I think it's the best opening to a film I've mm. ever seen probably as well uh, that, that first opening scene is unreal and uh, it's one of them that I've watched so many times and it's just amazing but we, we've obviously spoke about it in depth but yeah no, my number three is Indiana mm. Jones Temple of Doom yeah I still remember the kind of reveal of Temple of Doom <laughs> but um but no, I still remember the reveal of that, like when he comes out of the shadows kind of thing. And like you see him and it's so iconic. And yeah, I like Indiana Jones, I feel like a lot more less people are seeing it now. Like it doesn't seem to be talked about as much as it used to be. Yeah. Which I just is don't sad. understand how though, because it's yeah. literally like that boulder scene is just so good. Again, you're mm. talking about scenes that have been replicated and parodied so many times. I think that, well, isn't that, that like a sign of like... Where they're like, uh, swap it over for the weight or whatever. Yeah, like, I remember like, well, people are like, people watch that now and think like, oh yeah, it's like, that's just the typical shit. Like, you know, you see it all the time, but Indiana Jones started the trend. Oh, it, like, I saw it was... that in Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing with The Godfather when people think it's like massively cliche. It's like, no, it started the cliche. Oh, like. From the, from the <laughs> <laughs> um, so, three. We had oh, to no. have a Tom Cruise movie in there at some point. Oh, so high up. Iconic 80s movies and the soundtrack. And it's got to be Cocktail. Oh my god, you That's actually put it in number three. <laughs> it's Top Gun. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Don't shit me up like that. Right. <laughs> the soundtrack to Cocktail is amazing as well. But... Oh, I found Niall. You found Niall? Oh, he's watching oh. Tenet. Oh, prick. Oh, he's at the cinema. Yeah. That's why he's got his phone. Oh, now. he's gone with his girlfriend. I literally said, do you want to go? Mm. Yeah, I would. You're not getting a birthday it. invite anymore? <laughs> But just before uh, you talk about Top Gun, can I just say, like, what actually happens in Cocktail? Because, like, he just randomly goes to Jamaica and then that's the end of the film. Isn't that, it that's basically the film. Matthew McConaughey. Have you not watched it? 
cocktail. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. Good. So it's basically, good yeah. So basically, he is a college student, and he, he can't is pay a for college his, student. He can't pay for his bills, so basically, he starts like working Second at a cocktail day. bar, and it's just basically about him and his, and his mentor at the time, um, doing cocktails, getting babes, loving life, and then. Like I said, he opens up his own one, and then, like I said, moves to Jamaica. Awful. Anyway, carry on. Talk about another crap <laughs> film. Uh, but I mean, Back to the I future. Get, uh, hippie, hippie, shake, and addicted to love. Like, what a soundtrack in cocktail. But it Please. doesn't be. Move on. Playing, playing with the boys. No, Jamie, the mate. best volleyball yeah. scene in any film. <laughs> the scene. How many volleyball scenes like... have you seen in films? <laughs> <laughs> Good um, point, good point. You never close your eyes. Uh, yeah, like literally. <laughs> oh, mate, that scene's Dude. insane. Dude. 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 Just that, I would put, I would have put this in my list for sure. Like, this was like high up in my list, but Jamie said, like, he's not putting any Star Wars films or Indiana Jones <laughs> at all. <laughs> on his list. So I was like, nah, no chances to. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm surprised Blade Runner hasn't made an appearance. Oh, that's, will it that's make number, an appearance? That's number one's on like Jared and Aaron's list. <laughs> that's like number one and two. I'll both of their list. Aaron's has got it as number two. Jared's got it as number one. Empire's Aaron's number one. And All right, well maybe I'll swap it to number two then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Top Gun. I mean... Who hasn't oh, seen Top Gun, let's be honest. Right. Yeah, true. Again, it's... You're Even about, though you're talking right, about the 90s, totally like well. film, like, it's such a quintessential 80s film, but there's <sighs> sick bits in it. Like, I mean, especially with Maverick, as well. Maverick should have been out now, and I should have watched Maverick by now because it should have been out like two months ago. But yeah, but you have to get over it. But literally, in Maverick, he's actually filming the planes and he got all the actors to. I've seen all that. That does look, yeah, does look incredible. In yeah, and so. Again, it just shows why Tom Cruise is such, like, the most incredible. Yeah, he's crazy, he's a, And he, he's, like I said, he does all his own stuff. Obviously, he probably didn't in Top Gun, obviously, but... Um, if only he didn't give all his money to Scientology. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you talked about last week how it's criminal <laughs> that Michael Jordan has never won an Oscar. It is criminal that Tom Cruise has never won an Oscar. <laughs> but let's be honest, Tom Cruise doesn't do the films that win Oscars. Uh, he well, doesn't he want an Oscar. He's, he he's tried. He he's tried and failed. Rain so he had Rain Man, which he got nominated for, and he also had I feel like... Die, which he was nominated for. No, he I definitely went for films probably, that were like... going for it. He just picked the wrong films. No, like, you I can't feel like last, last year, Samurai, last Samurai should be the one. Yeah, no, Samurai is that's great. his attempt of winning it. It didn't work, so Matt Damon did a the great check well or something. At the end of the day, like what you, all you said, like if I was an actor, I'd be like, look at like the film, the people that win it for some years. I'm like, nah, sack that. Like I don't care. Like it's like it's like the Grammys. Like. You don't need an Oscar to prove you're a good actor. Everyone knows Tom Cruise is a good actor. You do Mission Impossible make double the money that they did, even though they've got an Oscar, you're going to make more money, aren't you? You see about this new Mission Impossible. And he funded Mission Impossible, didn't he? Yeah, he's just literally, I think he hired like a £200,000 yacht just to carry on filming or something. Yeah. Because, again, like they're filming them back-to-back, seven and eight, and I think they're going to be incredible as well. He's probably going to fucking like learn how to 
pilot the yacht, yacht himself and do it and do a Titanic and actually crash it into an iceberg and survive. That's something Tom Cruise would actually do. And he would survive with frostbite and everything. He would run through the water. <laughs> I think that's one thing I do really love about him, his dedication to films. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I love the interview with Henry Cavill where uh, there's an interview where Henry Cavill's like, the guy's mental. Like, he wanted... I'm sure, like, the, the plan was, like, for him to, like, pilot Actually, the John. helicopter. Henry Cavill was supposed to do it. Oh, my Cruise. goodness. Well, no, Tom no. Cruise did pilot it. Tom Cruise has yeah. got the yeah, license, and, and he, he actually was, like, piloted the, the Apparently, Tom was, like, to him, like, oh, you, you should do it with me. And he's, like, nah, no chance. <laughs> Especially <laughs> He probably wouldn't be insured to do it. You need, like, stuntman license. He was Superman at the time as well. <laughs> like, yeah. do, his range is amazing. Like, he does action films. He does, like, Rain Man. Um, yeah. he just it right. you got musicals Born of Fourth of July Rock of Ages Interview with a Vampire Horror Edge of Tomorrow Sci-Fi Rom-Com Endless Love you've got another rom you've got like the action movies like I'm so Chip, glad he sorted his face out there you've got Collateral yeah, Vanilla Sky like anyone want to make a cup of tea James <laughs> <laughs> I would name them all in order you know Sparkle I oh. do the Tom Cruise movies list and I name every single one of them I- I loved that scene in Vanilla Sky when they're just in the car and they're talking about, but you've been inside me. Like, you came. It's like, <laughs> like oh, it's just so... a great Tom Cruise movie. And then, he was Austin Powers and gold member. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, oh, he was, in Trop- he was in Tropic Thunder. And Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I so hope like... he just, like, randomly shows up in the MCU. Like, I'd love for him just to pop in. He like, just comes up and goes, I am Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just flying through the sky. Like, With his Scientology power. Like, they make him an yeah, he just, like, You they know, like, when they're in New York, like, he's just, they're in London, he does, like, the, the jump. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's it. He's not even in the film, he's just, like, in the background. But anyway, number three. But anyway, three, Top Gun is amazing. Yeah, it's a banger. <laughs> uh, number three for me. Uh, the Goonies. Hey, Hi. you guys. Hey, you guys. I mean, it just like, let's be honest, any any film nowadays, like Stranger Things, literally is just the Goonies. Like, like for like, yeah. everything about the Goonies is pretty much perfect. Like, Josh Brolin, Young. Great um, casting. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you feel like, um, I've forgotten his name. Uh, what's he called? Short, short Sean Aston. Sean Aston. No, not Sean Aston. It's just Short. by me. No, is it? No, no Sean uh, Aston no, is in Sean Goonies. Sean Aston's in Goonies. Um, is it, is it short, short Round? Small Round? Oh, no, he's he's the actor who's in Temple of Doom. You know, the Asian man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you feel like he's, he's a great character in that. Like, maybe he puts on the act. Is he actually Vietnamese or not? I don't know if he puts on the accent as strong as he... Um, I haven't seen I it. Don't I don't know. Yeah. I own it, but I haven't watched it. But yeah, like, he's... You don't feel like he was just cast because he was Asian. You felt like he actually yeah. was a part of the film and, like, everyone has a role. Like, it's not often you get, like, what is it, six or seven people in the film and you feel like every single person in that film in, like, a two-hour stretch has an impact in that film. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. The only thing that's weird about it is like there's actually like um deleted scenes, there's an octopus scene at the end. Is there? Yeah, but they took it out of the film, so but you can actually see it in one like in the in the actual film, 
there's like you can tie into like a little bit of a like a tentacle. But if you like genuinely if you like looking at it, there is an octopus scene, just YouTube it like when we're done. <laughs> and uh like you have Chucky as well. Is it Chucky? Um What it? Yeah, hey right. you guys. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he um he's Chuckle, not Chuckle. No, not, not what's it? What's the he you guys Sloth. Sloth. Sloth, yeah. Sloth. I feel like he isn't a joke in the film. Like, almost like some people could... He could have easily gone wrong with that film and made it, like, taking the mick of someone with disabilities. But I actually think, like, he was portrayed really well. And I feel like everything about the film is just, like... Obviously, my second, uh, my second film, I'll, I'll talk about it more, but you do just feel like you like a kid growing up and like this is like the, the best times of your lives and he, i'm sure he says that in the in the film like this yeah. is the, like days you'll remember and that but yeah that's number three okay top two Here okay go. so okay, what missed out on top spot i was actually gonna put this at number one but i decided number one my number one spot is too good to not be there this is probably my favorite film by the great Akira Kurosawa. It is Ran. Yeah. Ran. It is the most incredible, gorgeously told cinematic masterpiece ever. It's basically a samurai telling of King Lear, which is Shakespeare. I love how whole... you put um, like two films in your top three that I've never heard of. Yeah, like literally, Ran is like a long film, but so gorgeous. All practical Some effects. I was on YouTube about this, like literally, like the last couple of days. I watched a trailer for it. Have they like re-released it over the like last like week or so? I don't think so. There was I, a digital... I'm looking at this that like, really old guy. I watched a trailer with that because I was like, he looks so weird. And then I watched. How the does this compare to Seven Samurai? Just to ask. Well, it doesn't really like. Well, you can compare it in terms of like you know, cinematography, the way it's shot. But it's I just really feel like Seven Samurai is quite a hard watch. And like, is this more I... like because it's in color and it is it like just an easy watch? It, it it's way more of an easy easier watch by the true epic scale of it. Like they got like thousands of extras, the battle scenes in it are phenomenal like literally it's like so beautifully constructed especially like the fortress invasion in like the first half of the film is just so amazing you're just glued to the tv i would i would recommend watching it in like the best tv you can like don't watch it on your laptop or something like that it's just it's just not the same it's like one of those type of films it's like the dunkirk of samurai films if I was going to say, not in terms of plot, but in terms of like the the beauty of yeah. how it was shot and the practicality of it, it's just so well done. It's and the story itself as well with how they. I'm not going to spoil much of it, but like the way the main character, like the king, is like the way you kind of view him in like the first half compared to the second half, and you realize that he's just like you know, as bad as a king as any other person. Um, and like yeah it's just such an amazing film like and it was the benchmark for like practical um, 
no CGI kind of battle scenes. You go to you look at like Lord of the Rings or like Troy or any battle movie or like something like that that came from Troy that came from the nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens. Immediate inspiration from Ron because like literally it's just so breathtaking the battle scenes like in that film. They like they deserve an Oscar by themselves. I don't think it won any Oscars, but holy shit. Just again, it's a long film. I would say it's an easier watch because it's in colour and it's a lot more of a set piece, like cinematic set piece than like, you know, um like the earlier Kira stuff, but like the set design and the cinematography and the way it was shot, the pure practicality of it all is just worth a watch. It's is so amazing. It's so breathtaking, honestly. I think it, it needs like an IMAX release or something like that. <clears throat> it's what, that that good. It's so good. What's really weird is that I've just gone YouTube because I, I knew <clears throat> I heard something and literally yesterday I watched the trailer for it thinking it was new. It's four years old, this video, and I watched the trailer for it yesterday. It's weird that you said that because I literally just was looking at the article that you were on about. It was like it's because it's, it was released in '85, so it would be like the twi- like the 35th anniversary. It was a 4K release. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube is like four years old, and I, I randomly watched it yesterday. Yeah, no, but like, I, well, I would definitely try and watch it in <clears throat> if you got like a 4K player. I would definitely try and watch it in 4K. I know there's a digitally remastered on Amazon and BFI player, but um, but yeah, it's just amazing it's so good so such an amazing film i love it um niall has replied he does not have a list but he does have a film at number one fuck's sake how the duck that don't count he doesn't have a list so um i just i just said to him you let howard down so i love how blunt jared was like no it doesn't count this is like the hardest pick that I'm going to do this but my second pick is Blade Runner um, there we go so what, like, what can you say about Blade Runner like, you can watch it now and you just like how it was made back then is such a masterpiece. Like how Ridley Scott filmed that, and I know there's so many versions of the film, but just thinking like he did Star Wars, like Harrison Ford, like it was just a carpet in it, uh, that George Lucas got to read lines because he knew him because uh, he had a bit role in American Graffiti. He was a carpenter at the time of Star Wars, and then in like the space of a like three year period, the guy does Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and Blade Runner. Like, how does that happen? How does that happen? <laughs> but because um, he's just I, an iconic actor. Yeah, and it, it, Blade Runner is so unreal. Like, I can't it. fault any part of it at all. And I know, like, like my girlfriend gets annoyed about the the Rachel scene, but. Rachel. I don't. I don't get annoyed about that because no, you, she's not. Like you realize at the end of the film, like that he's the bad guy in the movie. Like yeah. the androids are the ones like 
it is very like questionable because it does come across as like he's forcing her. Yeah, yeah. The t- the like, if you look into on. it more, she's almost like wanting him to be in control. I know, and like at the end of the day, like they're in a world where they just see those as like a computer. Like that. That's all they are. Then they're they're in a world where like he's literally. It, a Blade Runner is someone who like decommissions them, so they they would hate those characters. Yeah, just, it's the just a, it's just an item. Yeah, yeah, and he slowly changes his mindset on that, and I think it's the last scene with like the most beautiful line in the movie, like the oh, tears in rain moment. Iconic, like, like one of my favorite scenes. So good, it's so good, and. Um, I just every part of that film, I like adore it. I adore it. Like, and I could watch it a million times. And I think as well, what I'll also quickly say is like the one thing I didn't like about uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is Hans Zimmer's score. Um, wow, really? Vangelis, like where that came from, like just Vangelis doing it, and he's still uh, he's still doing stuff, isn't he? Vangelis is he? Uh, let me just have a look. Because I was surprised. Because I'm surprised he said that. Because I thought Hans Zimmer and uh... but it's just a copy. It's just a copy of Vangelis's score. Like, and then some would say for homage to his score. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When why didn't they just get Vangelis back to do it? Well, that's what dead. I always thought. No, he's not dead. No, he's not dead. He's done a film in 2020. <laughs> but yeah, um, love Blade Runner. I mean, it's, it's one of those I watched a few years ago. I didn't get the hype of like, oh my God, it's one of the greatest films ever. I thought it was good. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I, I like reading about the whole, we were talking about it before, of what do you think of different endings and reading into films and picking apart different bits of that. I can't remember what we were talking about when we were doing it. But um, there was always the theory that he was a replicant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you had the little he, bit where um, the light went across his eye, and it was all like, was he or wasn't he? There's all like little bits that they pick at it. Like him, him and Ridley Scott are both have completely different. Like that's why I love about it. Like I don't think he is, but uh, Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford, like I've, I've, I've I don't think he is for the purpose of it. the second film. You up? I don't think he is because it affects the, the outcome of the second film. Yeah, um, well, no, nah, I, I, I don't see his. I know Harrison Ford thinks he thinks he is, but Ridley Scott says he doesn't. I think he just said that just to bring hype to the second yeah. film. But it's weird as well <laughs> uh, because the original cut didn't really have the voiceover either, did it? I bet the, the narrator. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the he was narrating to it later because mm. America. Yeah. So. Yeah, I said I enjoyed it. it but... No, but, but I think for the time, Blade Runner looked so ahead of yeah. its time. Like it looked like it by today's standards, it looks fucking incredible. Um, I think um, I, I heard this quote about Tenet, um, about um, I think it was Mark wrote the film reviewer, and it really stuck with me saying that like Christopher Nolan, um, he treats his audience like with respect. He doesn't explain his films in depth. 
Uh, and you can't get lost in Tenet, but Inception-wise and Interstellar and Prestige, like, he treats the audience with such respect that, like, he just expects you to just, like, get it. Like, where other, other films, like, they go in so much detail of, like, plot, where, but yeah, like, they literally like, speak it to you. But they, don't, don't, yeah. don't go there and Blade Runner. You just get the film. There's gaps in the story of Blade Runner where you can fill in yourself, and I, I love that about it. Like you can have different opinions about the film. Like yeah. us even saying like, is he is he an android? Is he not? Like that alone, like is great. Yeah, I mean, it's still one of those that is still talked about today, and I think it's again. Uh, like I said, I'm not a massive fan of the film, but again, I can appreciate for what it is, and it's going to be one of those films that is going to be regarded as one of the most iconic films of all time. Like I said, it's aged well. It's still going to be looked mm. at for its cinematography and its script and the yeah. and it's going to be one that's around for a long. It's time. mad to think that like things like. Star Wars and Blade Runner were just like not even that far apart in no, yeah. like, you know think, what I mean yeah. like, the whole, all the time of cinema and you just have this like weird like end of the 70s early 80s the best films ever arguably and I want to say that Aaron if our theory is going to be correct that his top four films were Harrison Ford <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not <laughs> Um, so this is I was going to put Die Hard like as like number three, but then uh, you thought that Harrison Ford it up. Good. Yeah, Harrison Ford needs to be up. Number one is you're not going to believe what it is. Oh really? <laughs> it is actually Howard the Duck. <laughs> Harrison Ford watched it last night. James the Witness. Back to the Future. Starring Harrison Ford. Number two. Number two. It's Back to the Future. No, it's not. I'm joking. Ooh. It's not. It's Back to the Future Part Two. Again, it's not. I'm joking. <laughs> it's part Three. Part Three, <laughs> part three was 1990, so it can't be. Um, but Kieran had it on his list from earlier on. It is one of the greatest slasher movies of all time in horror. Ah, to run. It's Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice one. Oh, it's not run. It's. <laughs> it's a slasher film. Robert England. It's Freddy yeah. Krueger. I mean, <clears throat> I can't bring myself to watch the 2010 version with Jackie or Hurley. I mean, I've heard okay things, like it's okay as a film. It's Rudy Mara's in it, and it's got a pretty good cast, but I can't look at anybody but Robert England. I mean, you talk about the 80s films in Iconic. The, he had a TV show, Freddy's New Nightmares as well. You had, yeah. obviously, the six Freddy Krueger movies, and then seven, A New Nightmare in 1994 as well. I mean, you talk about horror icons. If you think of, who do you want? A burnt paedophile, like, trying to kill you in your sleep. What yeah. do you want, like? Exactly. I mean, the, the a burnt paedophile trying to kill you in your sleep. What more do you want? What more do you want in life? <laughs> Perfect <laughs> porno. Seriously. If that was Tom Cruise, what a life it would be. Essentially... <laughs> <laughs> All you need you is like Kevin Spacey to burn his face, and you put him up there. Wow! But like I said, what Kieran said before, the backstory of it all is is great. And when you get into deeper into the actual backstory of it all, with his mum being fucked by God knows how many insane people, and he's just, he's like mm-hmm. the son of a thousand bastards or some shit like that. Uh, it's a thousand maniac. I can't remember what the official term is, but um, like. Wes Craven, 
is by far one of my favourite directors of all time, especially as a massive horror and slasher movie fan. He's a master of horror. And yeah, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Still, like, that scene with Johnny Depp still haunts me, like, going to bed. <laughs> like, it's... Have fun sleeping tonight. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, I've got a double bed, it's fine. It happened on a single bed, so we're okay. Now you're on the yeah. sofa tonight, apparently <laughs> to Mercedes. Oh, that is true, <laughs> that is true. Um, but no, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger is a horror. I feel like I need to watch this either. film. And... Oh, Again, because horror was so big in the 80s as well, and the slasher movies, they all became pop culture icons as well. Like, Freddy Krueger was on, like, cereal boxes and TV oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, it... He's the original Travis Scott. <laughs> he would be yeah. a Fortnite right now. <laughs> Have you not heard about his thing at McDonald's? Yeah. He's getting a signature uh, thing. He's He's bringing out like shoes and like merch and stuff like that with him. Whoever his agent is, like, give me a call. <laughs> and of course, one thing we didn't mention the rap. A nightmare on my street. Do, 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 do. The Will Smith rap. Will Smith has done Oh, yeah, that's good, that. But Nightmare that's on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. You never heard the Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street rap, Kieran? No. Great. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's uh, Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Uh, I'll save it for. You'll love it. It's just basically like it's the whole score. It's just Will Smith rapping about Freddy Krueger. It's great. It's amazing. But um, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street just misses out on top. I wonder what's going to be number one. Shit. Can <laughs> you just leave it here? Because like, we know what it's going to be. Uh, to be fair, I'm quite intrigued with Kieran's because I've, I've guessed both of yours, but I don't know what Kieran's... I bet Kieran's is going to pull out some random crap that nobody's ever heard of. No, it, it's been mentioned. It's been Good. mentioned. Good. Okay, then I know what it is then. What? Oh. Well, All right, okay. Is it my number two now? Yeah. Uh, so my number two is Stand By Me. Oh, Ooh. nice. Uh, just such a lovely film. Just, uh, I always just think like, if a, if a, it can put, because like my brothers aren't really into films. Like you know, like a lot of kids nowadays are into like video games, but like. There's not many films that you can put on and they actually do just watch the whole film and take in the whole film and like talk to me about it after. Uh, Forrest Gump was one of them and then Stand By Me was another one and then Alien was another one. But um, yeah, don't ask why I'm showing like 10 year old Alien, but... <laughs> I was like seven when I watched The Exorcist and that fucked Yeah, same. Yeah. I was like nine when I watched 28 Weeks Later. I literally yeah, Stand By Me, there. like... You've got the crucifix, like... I'm like, no, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stand By Me, like, all the kid actors are just on point, like, everything about the film, it's just like, you know, and I've mentioned it with Goonies as well, but like, let's be honest, Stranger Things doesn't have anything on Stand By Me, and it doesn't exist no. without these films. They're the OGs that they did it right as well. Stand yeah, By Me is like, incredible. I wish I'd have watched it when I was maybe 12 or 13, and then I would have literally yeah. been like, Come on, mate, yeah, let's, let's go find a dead body. <laughs> let's go find a dead body. And then we'll like, have to call our mums because we've like, got lost in the Yo, forest. <laughs> I had to do the same thing. I remember when we, like I was saying before, we like went on a trek in the countryside, like to random places. We found like abandoned churches and shit. 
and we had to hop into this random woman's vehicle. Like, well, didn't hop in. We asked her for a ride. Because we were lost. Yeah. Yeah, we were lost and it was hailstorming and we were like trying to leg it back home. But she was like, do you want a ride? And we're like, yeah, sure. She just gave us a ride. And yeah, it's just stuff like that. I I feel like it gets lost. And now that woman is my mother. (laughs) (laughs) She has a kid now. I'd love, but... she, I'd love her to just be dead in the background. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot about his other mum after this mum picked him up. We were just mimicking GTA. Deserved. We just stole the car, hit her and stole the car. <laughs> uh, yeah, stand by me. Like, if you've never seen it, just, yeah. Get it, a, little get bit, it. a little bit about stand by me because of Keeper Sutherland. It was one of my kids' first roles as well. But yeah. nobody's really said Lost Boys. I don't know if that's something that would make your top ten list or... It's okay. Mm, not a top um, ten. Nah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's... I forget about it. to watch... Um, it reminds me of that... Um... I think it's hard to put vampires anywhere. Like, <laughs> highly rated. Says me putting say, like, la- laser lightsabers in the excuse top Excuse me. <laughs> Blade is one of like, the best characters to come out of Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, but the Blade films are actually all trash. Blade <laughs> 2 is really good. I like Blade 2. No, I like Blade, the character. Blade that, but the movies yeah, are trash. All of them are trash. Well, I guess they Jamie, are. I asked someone at, at work um, about... Everyone was talking about an interview with uh, Vampire. Yeah, yeah. And I watched that and I was like, this is trash, mate. Yeah, I thought exactly. Because I was saying, I love like, Brad Pitt. <laughs> And obviously Tom Cruise as well. Kirsten it's just weird that film. From Strackers, even worse. Kirsten Dunst. That just like shot her career up. Like, I love Kirsten Dunst, so. And then she went on to do Small Soldiers, so. I can't believe Small Soldiers been mentioned like, like every single week. <laughs> Yo, Small Soldiers is great. I can't believe I, I should have put it in my top 10 in the 90s. Bro. It's fucking amazing. I'm gonna it order. Is... I'm gonna order the VHS and just like put it like here next time. Mm-hmm. Just, like... <laughs> what are you saying, Aaron? I'm, I'm having like a jingle all the way, like last action hero moment. We are in about like the Gorgonites film, aren't we? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Is it? Also the, fucking Gorgonites. Like, what yeah. a word. <laughs> we are the Gorgonites. Yeah. <laughs> we I imagine watching Toy Story and then watching that. <laughs> It's like watching bugs laughing ants. ants. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's it's Rocky in ants like still. Yeah, yeah. Still mm. ants. <laughs> 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 they watch that. Like, why did he have to be a buff ant? Couldn't he have been like a little skinny ant? <laughs> Is his ego that big? <laughs> wow. Um he had to ride up his ant as well. Our final number two. Kieran, what didn't make top? Oh, you are oh. on the one, aren't you? Is it? What? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> no, we're all, I'm last number one. Number one, number one now. Number one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You... <laughs> Where's the other? Yeah, yeah. You had Rand, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. How could you forget? Uh, top spot. Here we go. Now, before I say it, Jamie, if you know what it is, do you want to do the honours and reveal it? I think it's Blade Runner. It's Blade Runner. You think it's Blade Runner? You are wrong. It oh, is not I'm really a quite surprised here. Okay, let me go through It the is the best. Oh, okay. I, I am so sad. Oh, wait. I am so sad that no one had it in their Breakfast top Club. Yes. You said it'd been mentioned. That's what threw me off. And I was like... It was mentioned in an horrible mention. <laughs> it was book. like, this is the <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast Club. <laughs> 
Breakfast Club. Don't you? <laughs> is, Forget is, about me. Yeah. Oh, just the best film of the nineties, eighties. Like it like a carry on from Stand By Me. Like it's the like, yeah. teenage version of Stand By Me. Oh, it's just so fucking good. It's so good. I love it so much. The characters, the way the background plays into it, the visual storytelling, the script, and the music as well. I usually hate dance scenes in films. I hate them. I think they're corny as shit. But Breakfast Club, when they're getting high and they're off their heads and they're just dancing and like breaking windows, it's just so fun. It's so cool. And ah, oh, I just love how um, I've got his name is. I mean, that you don't like Ferris Bueller because it's very similar in a way. That's I think it's, just... it's a very, very similar film. It's like I said, I had to choose one of them, and if I had to go off the film that I've watched the most and enjoyed the most, the the float the, the float scene steals it for me. Like yeah. that was literally a dream of like, wouldn't you love to just do that float scene in real life? Just get up. No, because of my crippling anxiety. Um, <laughs> I think with Breakfast Club, like, I see all these things on BuzzFeed. Like, they're like, oh, which character are you? Like, I don't relate to those characters. Wow. Um, yeah, like, I understand what you mean. Like, I feel like all the characters are just stereotypes. Like, you've got the jock, you've got the... Yeah. Yeah. Like, what well, if I'm just in the middle, like... But that... But that's like, I hate to be that guy that's like, oh, that's the whole point. But that is the whole point. They're meant to be stereotypes so that they, like, you know, they're meant to be part of, like, the different yeah, they don't kind like of each groups other of, like, like, yeah, yeah, of high school. And But I, I relate to, like, a lot of the characters in terms of their... I, I just feel like other shows did it struggles. better. Like, I feel so like um, I think, Freaks and Geeks did that so much better. Yeah, I think that was one of the things. It's like, on the surface... Confused. I think that was a lot better as well. For yeah, the, uh, I think Breakfast Club is, like, the best because I think it's like they put this on the base level those characters are stereotypes they're not that interesting but when you kind of dive more into the film and like their history or like their personality and their insecurities they it's then that you kind of find that relatability and that impact and it had an impact on me when I watched it because there was a lot of thoughts like you know when you have a specific thought as a kid or like a teen or whatever or even now and you think no one else surely has that thought. I'm the only one who thinks that. And then you watch a film and it's like, oh, they're saying exactly what I think. And it's like in the 80s. I don't know. It's like, like I just think it's so good. I think, I I think the films films now have done it. There's been films since that have done it like a lot better. Like I watched recently um, a film called 20th Century Women. Um, mm. And that film's unreal. Like that, that should have got like um, probably my two thousands list or two thousand tens list. And uh, like the dude that's like the guy in it, he's like the younger brother. He's like massively into talking heads. Like I see myself so much in that guy. But there's like there's characters in that way you can see yourself um, in different characters in that film. And as well, like <laughs> please don't say it, Jamie. But uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower as well. Like, I feel like, um, I hate it. Say, Aaron. Don't do it. I hate it. It's a shit film. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like being a wallflower is like, um, I see myself more in like those characters and like different sorts. Yeah, like, even super yeah, bad, I see myself more relatable to. Oh, yeah, but that's super bad. Super bad is. Yeah. Jared is definitely McClubbing. It's too cliche, <laughs> like the. the he is. Uh, 
Do you have a tales coming in the world? But yeah, I, fucking I, book. Do, I like Breakfast Club, but I, I do feel like it is a bit too cliche. Yeah, it's very eighty. It invented the cliches. Again, like again, we're unfortunate if we were in the eighties and we watched that film when it came out. It probably would have been like if we were a teenager when it came out, we would have been like, oh, wow. yeah, it's good, yeah. but. I don't know, like, when we're talking about films like Blade Runner and Star Wars, no sci-fi has done better in them, but I I reckon, like, films have done better than The Breakfast Club in that sort of genre. I think it's because films like The Breakfast Club are so personal to the viewer. Like, it, it, it really depends on, like, your own personality and what you're into and interest, because, like, well, it's I said, just more everyone the setting, though. Like, how, how much can you do in a detention setting? Whereas Ferris Bueller goes I on know, a day out. Yeah, I loved the fact that it was clunched. I'm not like, arguing it was confined to like a school. I like the film. I'm just saying, I feel like, like, like Aaron said, Dave Albao. I mean, what the hell is Dave Albao? You know, Dave Albao. Dave Albao. Dave What's that from, Aaron? I think I think the soundtrack to the breakfast. Though, I don't think I like. It. I, think, I think that's what, probably why I don't like it because I don't like any of the songs in it. You don't like Simple Minds? No, no. The ending, like, don't you? Do no, that, that's probably about like the me. worst like bit about it. Like, ugh. Like, <laughs> no. Aaron, you're not allowed in the seventies. Like, <laughs> now nah, you're fired. I'll give you a hand you P forty five. Who's like, oh yeah, 80s bands, yeah, Simple Minds, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, it's the only thing they've done, but you know, like, that song is iconic of the 80s. Yeah. Like, you talk about top, top songs from the 80s, that's up there, has to be. Okay. No, definitely not. Definitely not, maybe that most known, but like... And it's also, and also, and also, Aaron, it's Travis Scott's favourite film, so you have to like it. I hate Travis <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Aaron, watch it. Aaron, watch your number one. It's Blade Runner. <laughs> I've already said Blade Runner. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, oh, is it? Is it the worst Blade Star Wars film? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's Empire Strikes Back. Like I said before, like it. I said last week that I think it is like the definite like best film. I I keep going back to like I just imagine myself watching it in the cinema. I think that's like my biggest thing like about it. And the first one did so much, and for the sequel to do even more, and to go one step further, I think it's just unreal and set up the relationship. I love the whole story uh, between Luke and uh, Vader. I love the whole story that um, only Mark Hamill knew and George Lucas knew about the I Am Your Father. Like, no one else knew about that. Um, but it's... I've, I've spoken about this a lot before, but it's a film I could watch over and over and over and over again. Like, I've, it's the Very film. Cool. If I pick a Star Wars film, it's the film. The best. Without a doubt. No, I, yeah. I do agree, like, it has, like, a massive impact on pop culture. And it was kind of like, it wasn't the first plot twist, but it was, like, one of the most... It, it definitely popularised the plot twist. Empire Strikes Back is Aaron's 
number one, which means it goes to me. <sighs> I want to go back to the future. I want to skateboard. I want to. My car was like. Out I want to ride the Mandalorian. I mean, I don't drive, but I'm Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, I don't, what is it called? Oh, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. <laughs> it is the Delorean. The most beautiful car <laughs> in the world. Like, it's the worst car in the world to Why drive. The Mandalorian. <laughs> Why would it be the Mandalorian? Why the Mandalorian is just like the Mandalorian sound. <laughs> Why the Mandalorian is it from the 80s? <laughs> Fucking hell. But no, it's a beautiful car. I mean, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, the film is iconic. Everything about the film is iconic. Especially when you talk about 80s iconic movies. Like Was well, it got the uh, thing as well, the uh, wire? Yeah, my thing's got the wire from when they're going oh, back okay. to 1985. Also, Jamie, like, the uh, the DeLorean was like a huge um, failure. failure. That the, the company went bankrupt after that one car, and they made it well. <laughs> they made something like trash. There is a story behind why it's a DeLorean. But, um, yeah, I mean, originally it was supposed to be like, like, like Doctor Who. It was supposed to be like, a, though. it was supposed to be like Bill and Ted, like um, a bus stop. Yeah, it's like, so just weird. Like how many little things, like. But you need to make it cool, so that's why they did it. Jamie Fox, uh, not Jamie Fox. Um, Michael J. Fox. You Michael J. Fox. Sorry, yeah. Um, he was not the original lad, was he? No, he came no, in no. a few weeks after. You know what I mean? Like in that mad, if they just kept with the film, probably wouldn't be as good because I feel like he's. I know it sounds weird, but I would say it's probably one of the best. One-off performances. I don't think he's as good in all his other films, but I feel like he's he's hits out the park number he's one. He's made for that yeah. role. Yeah, that he he was that role. He will always be known for like if you if you see Michael J. Fox, you'd be like, oh, it's Marty McFly. You won't be like Michael J. Fox. You'd be like, oh, it's Marty McFly. Some of these people, like you look at Harrison Ford. What would you say would he be? Indiana Jones. There's um, too many. Would it be or Indiana Jones? Yeah, that's what I mean. So solo. you look at Michael J. Fox. I mean, he's. He's Marty McFly, isn't he? Yeah, he's Stuart Little, girl, right? He's Stuart Little. <laughs> but um, like I said, the, the score, the soundtrack, um, the musical is incredible as well. Uh, Bob Gale wrote the musical as well. Um, each character is played amazingly. Leah Thompson, um, Crispin Glover. It's so Crispin funny how Glover. weird they play it as well. Like it, yeah. it, it works like how like awkward they are, like the mum and dad. Like Crispin Glover is really uh, awkward as a person anyway, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, but he works so well. Like, oh. his laugh is, like, horrible. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. <laughs> but, I mean, you talk about, we're, we're, again, when I said about... Well, how many sorry, films so, do you to... see people seeing their parents as kids? You don't. Especially, mm. like, that was one of the first ones. But, sorry to bring it up one final time, but Howard the Duck... Um, oh. had, no, just no, just because again when we talk about videos, like, that was one of the films I always watched when I was a kid. Like I yeah. remember one of my earliest memories was going to see my uh, papa in Scotland, and he actually had a book of all of the films that he had as recorded from TV, and he had them all numerical ordered, alphabetized in a book, and it was like, what film do you want to watch? And he literally had a whole case all like organized, and you went through the book, so I want to watch this. Oh, it's on take five, like film two or whatever 
And every time I went to Scotland, that's the film I would watch. And I have so many great memories of watching Back to the Future. The musical is amazing. The Deplorian is incredible. The acting, I, I, it's one of those films, again, I could just watch. Once I've considered how much of a massive horror fan I am, and that's still number one on my list, just shows how much of a great film it is because it's emotional. Like, you know when I went to see the musical, like, I cried like watching that on stage because uh, I saw the DeLorean on the stage. And, like, it was there and it was just... Uh, my biggest surprise with it is like, why have they not done anything more to it? Because they refuse. Like, Bob Gale said he would never do any, any other films. He owns the right to it, so the only time they can do it is when he dies. He, said he refuses like, to do any more. I feel like he could do more to it, though. Like, I know it's a trilogy, but, like, because it's, like, the whole of messing with time travel. I I agree with you. Like, they're too scared it's going to taint the yeah, like, like, legacy of it. But I feel like the legacy is there. Even if the film was a dud, it's not going to change my opinion of the first it's, Yeah, I mean, it's different. It's like, they always say, why aren't you doing more Friends episodes? Why? The first well, they are doing one. Great. No, doing doing, one. The, the, no, it's a reunion like one episode. Off, yeah. yeah, it's not an episode though. It's just an interview. Yeah, but the, the reason why they're not doing Friends episodes is because they're like Friends is perfect, yeah. but like no, they're so old now. They're like they they just can't be the the late twenty year olds that I mean, they are. I can definitely see it being remade or rebooted at some point when Bob Gale is long gone and. I hope they don't remake it. No, it'll be something like somebody will find a time machine. No, somebody will find a time machine in like the cliffs of where it was buried in the in the third film, or whatever. I think they need to make it now while Michael J. Fox is still yeah Yeah. around. Make him if he's not in it. I don't want to see this film. I don't want another one if he's not in it in any type. I think Bond. Christopher Lloyd don't want to do it. Michael J. Fox don't want to do it, and Bob Gale has refused to ever do it. Same with Robert Zemeckis. The well, then I can never see him doing it again. The studios then. tell him that basically, please make another film, and Bob Gale has refused. I mean, he, he wrote the musical because it's again, it's not tainting the the film legacy, and it's a musical based off the first film. So that's not in the filmatic cinematic universe. So. Um, yeah, so they will never make it. When Bob Gale dies, when that day happens, it is probably going to be remade or rebooted. How old? I'll he watch it, obviously. Um, I'm going to say he's in his sixties, probably seventies. I feel like I there's certain films, films, guy. Surely, there are certain films that should never be touched, and I would not want a reboot. I wouldn't want like a like Marty's story again. I, I just want like done. a like a Bill and Ted three. You know what I mean? Like just something mm. a bit more. Yeah, but I haven't watched Bill and Ted 3 yet, so I don't know if it's... I don't either, but I just feel like... Why not? It would be better than Bill and Ted 3, probably. (laughs) But, like I said, nobody wants to see really old Christopher Lloyd again and then Michael J. Fox. Like I said, if they do do it, I hope it's new characters and it doesn't take... Shall we say with Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, we talk about the McFly saga. If they do Mm. any more... As long as it's not the McFlies and they don't do anything with that, then yeah, get, I can, I can it's do easy. It. All you need, all you need is the DeLorean. Like you don't, um, you don't even. I mean, I would prefer them to be in it, but like HBO limited like, series it. called DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. This is why um, I'm a scriptwriter. Writing, <laughs> easy, mate. DeLorean. Um, nah, it is a quality film. Going back to it. Kevin, you've been very quiet. Go on, let it all out. No. I will admit 
that it is very iconic for the time, but for me, it is just, I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get the hype. I was very bored. I was very washed out. I thought it was way too predictable and like, you know, lackluster. And I just, just not my kind of film, but I can understand why somebody would like it. Mm -hmm. Is Morty still in 1955 in the one you're watching? Have you watched it yeah. all? Yeah, Morty's still in 1955. No, he's watched it all, he's saying. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I thought, I thought you it, said, like, you'd let go. Oh, no, I let go, and then I re-watched it. Oh. Like, I, like, I was like, oh, look, cause I'm not going to, like, Jamie kind of forced me because, like, I, he was kept going on about it, so I was like, mm. I want to yeah, know what I, all the fuss I, I is about. I know exactly how you feel. There's many things where, like, Jamie's forced me to watch. Some of them still, pretty good though. Still wouldn't watch Midsummer though. No. <laughs> Why not? No. I don't watch horrors. Come on, it'll I be don't, I don't do horrors. Um, watch it, watch I, it I, with I the boys. Me. It'll be fine. And, uh, and Scream, you made me watch them. They, they were good. Nightmare on um, Street. Watch it. I don't, I don't like. I said to Jamie, I don't like where A twenty four is going with these weird films. I like it. I like I, I like the weird of the better. I like fucked up shit. <laughs> I like fucked up shit. Yeah, like not in a bad way. Like not just fucked up for the sake of being fucked up, but I like experimentality and like you know kind of rawness. So I think the I more like the originality <clears throat> stuff. Like they did they did do Moonlight, didn't they? Yeah. I love Moonlight. I love Lady Bird, and then uh, like <laughs> my girlfriend Emily, like her favorite film of like recent times is Hereditary. And then it's like midsummer, and then it's like ah, oh, I just like can't, I just can't do stuff like that. That's just Ariaster. So yeah, and mother though, and like the new film with Dev Patel, like that looks crazy. Like, mm. I'm sure and the lighthouse. And... <laughs> Jared has been waiting patiently. Have you already gone, yeah. haven't you? You no, sorry? No. No, no. Oh, no. uh, it's because I already put 10 points code, I didn't know what it is, that's why I got really confused. It's Blade Runner, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's definitely Blade Runner. <laughs> um, I'll just give a little backstory and then like, we'll move on to the top five. Because we all know about Blade Runner, we've kind of said it already. Uh, but I remember watching this as a kid and I didn't like it. I thought it was slow, I just thought this is crap compared to Star Wars, basically. Uh, I watched it again when I was a bit older, started to like it a bit more and slowly but surely it's become my favourite film of all time uh, to the stage that I wrote my dissertation on this film because there's just so much more to the film than just the imagery even though the imagery is like probably the main thing like just the whole concept of androids and like is he an android and like him understanding the feelings and shit there's just so much to the film that you know what I mean if we want to talk for another half hour Go watch the other podcast called uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Blade Runner podcast. Called Aaron and Jared speak about Blade Runner for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Whose title yeah. is that? that I, I mean, want to hear what the top five are. Um, just missing out with twelve points is Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, just missed and out. Thirteen points. Return of the Jedi just misses out. Ooh. The top five. In fifth yeah. place with 14 points is Stand By Me. Okay. Wow, only six. Joint yeah, I thought. Fourth, well, technically third with 15 points 
is Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back. So Blade Runner and Back to the Future then. Second place, Back to the Future. Number one, Blade Runner. Mm, yeah, but like, what are we going to do in terms of like the joint third then? Like when it they comes got, to... They got both got, they've both got 15 points, so we can either keep them in there and put fifth places, return <clears> to <throat> Jedi. Hmm. Oh, is it Back to the Future and what, sorry? Blade Runner's number one. I, I'm happy with Blade. Like even though I didn't put it in my I, top ten, I, I knew, knew like Blade, Blade Runner is a great film. Yeah. Fine with it. I mean, but my my only issue is, issue is but... I would say Stand by Me. In fact, no, I'll say I would probably say Raiders at four is better than Wolf of Wall Street for me. Yeah. And that was my number one. I mean, for me, obviously, um. I'd probably put Stand By Me higher than Raiders and Empire, but I understand. It's yeah. A... I think uh, when you think cinema, like you just can't you not think, think of yeah. Star Wars. That's the only that's, thing. That's why I'm thinking if we have to pick, pick between Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back. Like, Even though Indiana Jones is great, Empire yeah. Strikes Back, you have to have a Star Wars in there. But I feel yeah. like 70s is next decade and A New Hope is in the 70s. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's going to be in people's lists. So... So mm. if you had to pick, I mean, this could be, I think every high scoring movie so far has one besides one. The first one that we did, Wolf of Wall Street was the highest scoring movie, but didn't win. We chose Inception as the best movie, so that went through. But Wolf of yeah. Wall Street was the highest scoring film. So that would make it through if I went oh, okay. the scores. Yeah. So whatever film we pick is the best movie of that decade will go through. And then the highest scoring movies would then move off to like a wild card selection. I like that well, idea. We'd, have, then, we'd yeah. have our seven films, the best film from each decade, and then the highest scoring movies would then move to a wild card where we'd then choose the other three to move, make the top ten to a degree. Okay, so what are we saying for this decade then? For me, out of all of them, it's back to the I'll future, be ha- but I'm joking. <laughs> um, I, no, I'm happy with would, Blade Runner. I would say Empire out of all of them. Uh, I would say you Empire. Talk about Star Wars. You talk about Star Wars. Was I, Empire number two? Third. No, number three. What was number two? But back, back to the, to the future. future. Oh, but, but like Aaron. obviously, Aaron would have had it on the list of, if we did speak in the week. And that, I'm just that mm. Back to the Future would have outscored Blade Runner if I didn't tell Aaron I went. I've any Star Wars in the Anna Jones movie. No, I think Top Gun was the nearest one to it. Yeah, Top Gun. Top Gun would have made the list. Back to the Future probably wouldn't. Because yeah. but it was um, only that. Going one and a half. It's hard. It's hard not to argue with Empire because Empire. If Again, if you're talking about, like you said, cinema and everything, you can't not have Star Wars in there. If you're talking about the best films, as good as Blade Runner is for me, out of all of them, besides Back to the Future, I'll take that off. Empire is better than... Blade Runner's my favourite film of all time, and I would still give it Empire. I, I <laughs> can't think... I, can't, I That was like the hardest decision, choosing between Blade Runner and Empire, and it's only like... Um, I, like I said to Jamie, like all oh, week, I was like, they're my both like number one. I don't see them as like one and six. Like honestly, like yeah. But, but if we're doing a mute list about cinema, like like you say, like I can't just not think of like Star Wars as much as I love. Um, I will say though, based on the point scoring, Empire was first and sixth. Blade Runner was first. It was second and first. I'm telling you. Yeah. 
whoever doesn't put Star Wars at number one on their list has just been controversial. Well, are you talking about Star Wars for the seventies? I just mean like you know any list where they're like greatest films of all time. They always put like Seven Samurai or something, but let's be honest, it is Star Wars. <laughs> Hold the fucking phone. Seven Samurai. It, there wouldn't even be a fucking Star Wars without Akira Kurosawa, so you shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not it's not Star Wars' fault that the Seven Samurai came out first. And no, it was all about Star a hidden Wars. fortress. Hidden fortress is Star Wars. It, listen, right. <laughs> you know what I said about you know what I said uh, in the two thousands list that um, Ocean's Eleven was going to probably be like the only remake. Not Magnificent Seven is better than Seven Samurai. Oh, which one? The nineteen sixty one or the two thousand and seventeen one? Oh no, the nineteen sixty one. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the Chris Pratt one and Denzel Washington. <laughs> I was like, no, I've actually I've seen that film. Listen, right, I've never seen Seven Samurai. I really want to see it, but I love the uh, Magnificent uh, Seven. Like, <laughs> I, I do really want to watch uh, Seven Samurai. <laughs> get, your, get yourself the Samurai Collection on Blu-ray. There we go. You're a Kurosawa Samurai. Get yourself in. I've, send, I've only seen. Send your links in. Send your links in for Seven Samurai, and I'll watch it tonight. I've only seen one Kurosawa film, and that was Rashomon. Rashomon because was good. It intrigued but, me the way they did the story because I, I, I love shit like that where they tell like, the, the same story but from everyone's different perspectives. Yeah. But like, I need to watch this because it's the kind of shit that I love to write. So I was like, I'm I gonna say, to watch this. If you like Star Wars, like. The Hidden Fortress by Curious Chris Out. It's like in the 50s. Can't remember the exact. I think it's 59, 58. But um, it is basically Star Wars. Like George Lucas said himself that it was. He was heavily inspired by Hidden Fortress to make this? Star Wars. What film were we picking? Empire or Blade Runner? Would, I'm, not, would, I'm not picking one of those films again. I would. <laughs> I, I would personally go for Blade Runner, but I would think. Majority wise, I'm happy with Empire. Jared, ah, uh, Indiana Jones. For God's sake, Aaron. <laughs> I'll agree to pick Blade Runner if we can all agree to pick Star Blade. Wars on the next. <laughs> Empire. Next all I'm saying is a new. Oh book yeah, we'll probably we'll end up picking Star Wars. So Blade Runner, Blade Runner, Blade Runner. Oh, no, you've got about Godfather. Yeah. Uh, Part one. <laughs> yeah. Get them watched. <laughs> I will have to watch Godfather Part Two before next week, just so I oh, can. Oh fuck yeah! You can probably skip one. That's my daughter's wedding. It's great. That's but um, so we are saying Blade Runner stays number one. That's basically it for the eighties. Next week we're going into the unknown. To quote Frozen, it's a seventies. We have ten no, films from the seventies. Is hard. <laughs> we have no more. Obviously, Nolan anymore. We've got no more Ridley Scott. Oh, we might be having Ridley Scott, maybe. What do you mean? Yeah. Literally, Ridley Scott's best film. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, oh, there is going to be Ridley Scott. We're going to have no Nolan. Nah, we're going into Francis Ford Coppola territory. <laughs> Isn't it nah, mad that, like, um, has anyone watched Empire Dreams, the, um, the Star Wars doc? No. Like, I watched it recently, and they're like, they were all like mates, like growing up. They went to film school together, like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Him, him, Spielberg, and Coppola, like uh, George Lucas, like they was all like best mates, and like they all gave each other different advice. Like uh, Francis Ford Coppola was like after the Godfather was like to George, like 
if you're going to do Star Wars, if you're going to put this much money into it, you need big actors. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to get unknowns. And that's how, like, um, he, he didn't want anyone he worked with. And Francis Ford Coppola was like, no, trust me, if you just for a backup, you need someone in there, just just in case no one comes to see film. And then that's how we got, like, Alex Guinness, because, like, it's Francis Ford Coppola was like, you need someone in there that people know. Um, but, like, it's mad that they were just mates. Um, yeah, in the... And then, and then, like that years ago, when in a few years, when they're like, can't believe these guys did a podcast together. 